two, three, four. In this podcast, you will only hear Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader, includes but is not led to who talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the junk that follows this song, but hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of Vader. Crystal Fox reports they are divided. For equal sequel, hate and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired. Their time is up, so here's the Knights of Vader. Impressive. Most impressive. A big thank you to Anne Superiority Complex for providing our theme song. It is October 22nd, 2019. My name is Zach Weber, and joining me is professional podcast host, Justin Zanger. Yes, professional podcast host. And also... No, I I would say professional Star Destroyer expert as well. Sure. Or is that diploma? Oh, it's it's in the mail. (laughs) It's always in the mail. And (laughs) with us is also Mando Russ. I can't believe I was that close to a ride. Have you ever seen a Chewbacca? Yes, we're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. Hello, guys. Oh boy, folks, we got a big show for for you this week. And we're actually doing it in a timely manner. None of this like sitting on it for like three weeks. It's nice for a change. But anyway, though, before we get into the uh, titular topic of this week's episode, I have an announcement to make. After many months of uh, humming and eyeing, we are finally offering Knights of Vader t-shirts. He's after that t-shirt money. He's after that t-shirt money, people. Oh, that's sweet. sweet. It's pretty, pretty sweet. Gotta get your hands on it. I gotta say that this, unlike the mugs, there might be a minuscule profit. Before there was no profit, now there'll be a minuscule profit. Like maybe enough to buy like Zenger like a bang or two once a month. Yeah, get me there. But yes, folks, we have my addiction. Yes, be his addiction that you actually can hear the origins of on this very podcast. (laughs) But no, uh, Knights of Vader T-shirts. We're offering six different designs, twenty dollars each, including shipping. I will link to it in the show notes, the link where you can uh, follow the instructions to order one of these t-shirts. Uh, I'll make sure to put it on all of our social media. It'll be in the Facebook group. It'll be on our Instagram. It is on is definitely on our Podbean. Make sure to go there if you don't have follow any of our social media, knightsofvader.podbean.com, and just scroll through and you will see it. It'll, it is listed as Knights of Vader t-shirts. We have six designs. We have... Past meets present. We have Vader and Friends, Star Wars stack, a shirt with our Clone Wars logo, the Christmas special logo, and most requested out of all, we are finally making it available the Remember Alderaan. Oh, time to time it. Yeah, and these shirts look great. I want to say good job on these, Zach. These look awesome. Thank you, Russ. And I hope that. At least a couple of you in the audience uh, Buy them just in time For the Rise of Skywalker coming out I've ordered a couple of these shirts I ha- If you follow any of our social media You've definitely seen me wearing the Remember Alderaan shirt I also have the uh, Vader and Friends shirt And they're very nice quality um, I wouldn't 
be recommending these unless I have worn them at some point. They have held up under numerous wa uh, washes by now. So for $20, including shipping, you too can have a nice Vader t-shirt. And I can guarantee you will be the only person at your theater this December wearing one of them. So don't be that guy who's always wearing the same, like, Captain America t-shirt, like, at every location. Or one of those ones that just a ubiquitous design. Get something unique with the Knights of Vader logo, help spread the word of the podcast and put a little bit of a spare change in our pockets and feed yeah. Zanger's bang addiction. And Christmas uh, is coming up and, and there's a great holiday themed one with all your favorites from the holiday special on it. You'll be the only one <clears throat> with B Arthur as the star on the Christmas tree in the whole theater. And they, these are really great shirts. That's the one I want the most that. And, and, and remember Alderaan, these are all really great. I love them. See folks, Russ, uh, testimonial there i'm excited yes and i think as pork knight and jerry can tell you they were the two that ordered mugs uh we will fulfill them promptly and on time once you uh pay for them so folks if you're I interested <laughs> yes oh yeah zenger has a mug too i forgot about that but well yeah, zenger you're part the other day yes zenger but you're part of the con though of this podcast you're not really a uh a per you're not an objective testimonial oh okay all right, but yes, folks, if you are interested, go to knightsofvader.podbean.com or any of your social media, or if you don't have any of those for some reason, shoot us an email, kovpodcast at gmail.com, and I will refer to you the link from there. So uh, only available in the U.S. as of now. Sorry, international listeners. The place where we buy these shirts, uh, they do not ship internationally as of now, but if that does change, I will be the first to let you know. So uh, if you're interested, once again, knightsofvader.podbean.com, check out our shirts. Like Ross said, fantastic gifts, and you'll definitely be the only person in your theater wearing one of them, guaranteed. But with that promotion aside, let us delve into the topic at hand. We finally have it. After many months of waiting, we have the final Rise of Skywalker trailer, and we have a poster. And, oh boy, folks, where do we want... I guess just initial thoughts. What did everybody think of this trailer? I, I just want to point out something real quick. I know what's in J.J. Abrams' mystery box. Oh. I know 100% what's inside there. <laughs> and I should have realized this sooner. It's Pitchman Zinger. Think about it. Every time they go to do something, it's like... He's like, hold on a second. What? Hold on a second. I gotta consult my mystery box. Slides it open. It's just like the head of Pitchman Zinger somehow, like in there, and he just goes in atmosphere. Star Destroyers. Then closes his eyes and he closes the box. And he goes, why don't we put some more in atmosphere? Star, De Star Destroyers, like in this scene. Everyone in claps. Atmosphere, in ice, in water, whatever. They're in something. They're not just in space. Don't anymore. put them in space. Anywhere but space. They well, never make it in space. Well, Zenger, we have a weird thing because it seems like they're on like an ice like glacier that just hovers in the middle of space. Yeah, I, yeah that's really I cool. Does that count as atmosphere? Does that count as an atmosphere? There's clouds. There's clouds, there's storm, and there's weather and stuff. So I say at, you cannot have that without an atmosphere. We need to consult According to science. Space meteorologist. <laughs> that's that's actually a thing. <laughs> Oh, so is this like the uh, unfreezing Han moment of the third one? They're going to unfreeze all the uh, all your favorite Star Destroyers? Yeah, I got a feeling that's going to happen. Unfreeze the, the Emperor has to sneak around someone's uh, temple or their <laughs> palace <laughs> in disguise. And then he, then he gets chained to him. We only hope that happens in the movie. All right, Russ, so what? Okay. You so won't Russ, read what? that in the spoilers. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Ross, what do you it think of this trip? up Pal- Palpatine now and Slave Leia. <laughs> Boy, how did I get into this one? <laughs> uh, no, as far as the trailer, I, th- I love the trailer, Zach. I thought the trailer was really good, but it's not, it didn't have any of those, like, it didn't have, like, that knockout moment, like, with the Dark Ray or just he knowing that Palpsy is coming back kind of moments. But I liked it because you really don't know really what's going on throughout it. It's just cool stuff, cool stuff. Here's a guy you know. I was look really looking hard for Wedge in that scene where there was like, what, the hundred resistance guys just all packed in around Lando. I noticed that too, but that's really, it's shot from a weird angle. So you really can't get any sort of like firm grasp on who's supposed to be where in that sequence. Yeah, it's a lot like... Uh, the end of um, a new hope almost but just packing in the people just so many people okay zanger besides uh uh in atmosphere star destroyers what are your thoughts on this trailer <laughs> okay initial thoughts i was very very impressed with it um i'm uh, none of these trailers like there there's different little key moments in each of them the dark ray and the one this has um I, I'm pretty sure you see Palpatine at one point from the side, but we'll get well, to that. At the very end. Um, and and then and, and I have a I have a bat crazy theory about that one, so stay tuned because um, <laughs> that might be your lock of the lock of the year for Zinger predictions if you want some. Um, hey, Zing, Zinger the Greek here. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I I mean I I, I really. I have more questions than answers, and it really does make me a lot more excited. I mean, not that I wasn't already excited for Star Wars, but it makes me a lot more because it's one of those things to where I'm trying to piece everything I've seen together, and nothing's coming together and fitting correctly. And that's what I'm excited about is how does it all fit together? I know there's spoilers out there. I'm avoiding this was like this is like the last form of media I'm paying attention to. I also find it weird. We haven't seen the Red Storm or the Sith Stormtroopers yet. Yeah, that's right. They, they yep. still have not uh, been shown. And we didn't get they, any, uh, there was no Knights of Ren in this. Nope. Keeping, nope. It, keeping, so, a, little, keeping a little bit hid. Mystery box still well, is it, t- is closed it, tight. Is it hidden or just they have practically no screen time? Like, are these Death Troopers all over again where it's like, oh man, cornerstone of the marketing. And then it's like, oh, they have like two minutes of like combined screen time in the actual film oh, yeah, uh, or, or these just like almost like uh conversion scenes or like you know bridge scenes that are happening where it's not the big action pieces that you're seeing i did appreciate some of the, the just the little peaks of that space battle and seeing those b-wings actually do something that was nice oh yeah b-wings get 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 getting some screen time again and then there's that y-wing too like, yeah who goes under like, these, like the hollow ship or whatever well okay First, I, I, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a preemptive disclaimer I have to put because uh, next week's episode is already recorded in the can, and we record the episode before um, the trailer came out. And I say in there because I was talking to a friend of the show, John Justice, host of my nerd world, buy his book and bark two treasure in darkness, and buy his and, first book too. I just finished it. Real good book. Enjoyed it. Minus one Star Wars reference. 
we'll get to that in a moment. But anyway, though, my disclaimer. And I, John was telling me that apparently on the Reddit's leak, Reddit's leak page, like, oh, apparently a bunch of like the leak stuff wasn't true. And I say that in next week's episode. And then after the trailer came out, I asked John, <laughs> and he goes, oh, no. Based on what I've read and what's in the trailer, it seems like everything is online. And be very aware, beware of the Reddit's leak page. Like I said, we're, we're not going to go back to that anymore. It's true, even, all of it. Unfortunately, no. Russ. Unfortunately, wow, Wait, like, trying to make away. a. Were you trying to make a reference? There, I think it was pretty a good. Star Wars one? No. Yeah, were, were you trying to make a Force Awakens reference for Han? Sure. It's true. Like, like where she's. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, he's such a good Star Wars fan. He doesn't even realize he's making a making a Star Wars reference. No, sure. I do all the time. I, it's for you guys to figure out when I'm doing it. Oh. <laughs> and congrats. That was a good one. He's like a Rubik's Cube of a human being. Look, I mean, that's, it's good, Zinger. That's just like it's an instinct, a feeling. God the dang it. Together. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no, so, uh, yeah. So just want to give that disclaimer that uh, like, kind of like what Russ and I were talking about before we started recording. We're like, oh, man, we really shouldn't have like, delved into the Reds leak page as much as we did a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't go back and listen to those episodes. Do it later. You could give us trailers yeah, well, earlier or something, or it's something you, you get desperate for this stuff. Yes. And now but, we're um, gonna have it, it, we're gonna have that scene from The Simpsons. It's like, here's all the Star Wars you'll ever want for the next year. Yeah. Um, but my thoughts on the trailer, I thought it was great. Um, I did. Uh, John Justice also asked me to do a thing on the Blaster app, where I think I, I shared it in the Facebook group. So I think a couple of you have heard it already. Where I said that, like, oh, um, kind of gave my initial thoughts on it. The, usually, the last trailer when it comes to like ed, uh, uh, the the sequel trilogy, not talking Rogue One or Solo, um, has always been kind of like the seal the deal trailer. It doesn't really do anything. It does nothing really jumps in the final trailer. Like I can't even tell you that with the last last Jedi trailer involved, I, I have no memory of that whatsoever. Uh, the last Force Awakens trailer is kind of just there. It's there's nothing really. I, my my humble opinion, there's really no substance there. But this trailer did feel like they were still trying to sell the film. This feels like a trailer that's trying to hook the audience still. I think it's so weird that they're really not giving away any plot points. Um, I know I've said in the past that they're going to follow the Avengers Endgame model of just being like, okay, we're going to give you the least amount of spoilery imagery and just like the barest of like what the plot should be. And even like considering how like thin those Endgame trailers were, they still had like the plot line of like, Whatever it takes to get everybody back. So at least you have an idea of what the plot is. Even if it's basically summed up in like a sentence. With this, I have no... Barring leaks and rumors, I have no idea, like Zenger was saying, what the plot this thing's going to be. Other than just like, stuff! Death Star! Star Destroyers! Palpatine! Kylo Ren! Ray, resistance, riding horses on a star destroyer that's rising from the ground. Hey, one of our questions was answered. How the heck did they get out to that uh, Death Star and we see uh, a boat? Yeah, it's just like a little, like, uh, what? Like like a a, dingy thing or something, yeah. Yeah, it's like a a motor Like a water speeder. Yeah, that's neat. I'm surprised. Where's the toy for that, Lucasfilm? Give it time. Shove and take my $34.99 already. It looks like kind of like an old pod racer too, or or actually oh, kind of like those janky things on um on crate. 
Oh, really? I think you're more like the, uh, like, almost like a, I guess it's just, it's just a speeder. Like, why, is there a reason why, like, a normal speeder couldn't work on water? <laughs> like, we've never seen that before, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's like a duck, you know, it can a- go on land, go on there, why not? <laughs> That's an interesting question. <laughs> What's a duck? Uh, oh man um it's getting out of hand folks now there are two of them i have two people that sit around this podcast make jokes for no i have no for no reason um okay so like how do you want to do Do we want to go to the trailer shot by shot do we just want to talk about general impressions how do you want to do this well i it was nice seeing uh what's his face from lost his that's his name general impressions he was um they had that one scene of Rose and him behind her, right? That, is that the first time we've seen him on film? Yeah, yeah, Dominic Moynihan. General Impressions. That's that's pretty cool name. Oh, I geez. hope he gets a figure. No, I'm sorry, I, I will stop right now. But yeah, however you want to go through it. If you want to go through from the beginning, however you want to do it, I, I'm you, 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 you want me to rip my dumb Band-Aid off now instead of saving it for no, later? No, 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 no. We got, we got to build up to something. So let's, let's okay. save your dumb Band-Aid for later. I mean, right. it's it's a dumb one. Oh, I mean, if I'm right, off. it wouldn't be right, Zenger, unless it's dumb. You heard it here first, if I'm right, and and we will have a new shirt called Zinger called it. That's all it's gonna say. We should have a shirt that says Mystery Box. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a shoe box with two eyes peering out. <laughs> no, I was thinking like it's like a little uh. Like a little snow globe of a of a star destroyer, an atmosphere. Like you can see the land underneath it, and something on top. You can prove it's an atmosphere. Ross, that's way out of our range. Making custom snow globes, coming. That's like, that'd be like a seventy dollar <laughs> item for us. All right, someone can draw it. Anyway, All right, buy it now. Sure. All right. So the first thing I want to ask is that we see Ray running like on some sort of like jungle planet, and the Maybe big Yavin. question is: Is it Yavin? Who knows. Well, I think we are going back to Yavin in this, though. But it also looks like it could also be, like, Endor. No. No? You don't maybe. think that's Endor? It's hard to tell. I don't really see the Redwoods or anything. I mean, it can even be, like, Takadano. But, and I noticed Maz's name is still on the poster. No sign of her yet as of this thing. But No, they got well, to call into her so, doing something even more epic. So th- that whole intro pic of, of her running through the forest, that's just part of the other scene we saw from the first teaser, right? With her and, and General Leia and the and the probe. Yeah, she has the red, um, the red thing around her hand when she's yes. running. Yes, and we, and we see later shots that too, because we see her like running like, well, around like a giant chasm. Mm-hmm. Okay, you think it's going to be Yavin that they're on. Yes, for that for those sequences, okay. Because there's also the thought too that the uh, the Death Star wreckage is on Endor. I kind of agree with that. I, I it would make sense. I mean, it would just be the easiest route for him to go. I think she is on a just She's a being new planet chased by the beginning. She's being chased by a training the training droid. Yeah, in that scene, she still has yeah, the Darth, gun. Darth Maul's droid. We talked about a few episodes ago. Finally got off planet, and it's confused. <laughs> <laughs> it just it, it found the very next planet. It just happened to be where all the it flew into a speeder were. a while ago. It just ended there. <laughs> Stowaway. Yeah. So we have all that. We have some shots amongst because after Ray jumps, we have like a like a, a a snap cut to her jumping within the wreckage of the Death Star. And then we go back and we have some shots of Finn with some binoculars. We no, those have, are what 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 moved for binoculars? Binoculars. Quad They're not trinoculars. They tried that with three Yeezys. 
<laughs> no, enough with the jokes. <laughs> no, that wasn't a joke. They really did. They tried to make um, an accessory for Reese that was trinoculars. Was it really? Yeah, they, but it didn't work or something. I wonder why. That's surprised. Oh, okay, but we have okay, so we have some shots of of uh, uh, oh god, you know, I lost my train of thought. Right. We have Ray yeah. running around the giant. Ca- yeah. We have Finn. We have Ray running around the giant chasm with her lightsaber. Then we have some shots of clearly a resistance base, and we have a bunch of resistance members all huddled around the circle. And I think I think it's interesting though is that Lando's there already at the base. Yeah. That seems. I think that's intercut. That seems like a, maybe it's to be a later scene. Is this movie about building up people to fight? Because uh, so. Poe Poe saying we're not alone. Good people will fight if we lead them. So Poe's the one. Like it looks like everyone's sitting around Lando, but Lando's looking and he's looking at Poe, and you can see Poe on the other side of the ladder of what looks like the Tantavive. That looks yeah. like the undercarriage of the Tantavive. Yeah, they're playing a card game for it. <laughs> but what if he actually has to? What if he could legitimately win the Falcon back at the end as well? That's too much Lando time, right? Yeah, too much I don't Lando know. Time. Well, I don't know though. It depends. Like, is, who's going to inherit the Falcon at the end of this movie? Not Chewie. God no. Well, he, he. I figure he kind of comes with it. Like, he, I, like, like he, he's kind of like an accessory. He, he's the co-pilot. He, he doesn't have much of a say. He now that Han Solo is dead, he the, the life debt now transfers to the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> no, he Chewie, just, you he can't just takes your... off like Lando did in Solo at the end when they're like, "I've got Chewbacca in there." And, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have the resistance meeting. So I guess another thing too is that like. How much are we going to have of Carrie Fisher? Because Enough. we get this. We, we get this. Well, yes, but I think we, we get the one like the same shot of her like embracing Ray, and that's real. We, we and that's kind of it. Like we have that shot, and we have Carrie Fisher like looking off into the distance. Yeah, they got the hug shot down, and we all know already that it's just a repurposed shot, uh, an alternate shot from Force Awakens. I hope they have more. I think they. I think they have to save that other stuff. It, that is. Well, Precious thing to have is any original footage for this. Yes. Yeah, she says, uh, she comes in and finishes Luke's sentence later. All right, we have some sequences then of uh, Rose gets a little spotlight in the trailer, but we'll get to that toward the end. Um, We have some shots of Poe, Finn, and Chewbacca near the candy corn colored X Wing. We have the Tantive floor flying out of the brush of the the forest. It should be no more the treetops. I mean, well, brushes, brushes lower to the ground. Sure, whatever. Well, had to had to clear <laughs> had to clear the brush first to get to the treetops. I'm yes. inferring, Sanger. It's but an we, atmosphere. It's all he cares about it's there. <laughs> but it's not a star destroyer, though. But a star destroyer could be chasing it. Sure. it's like it's almost like a star destroyer's baby. It was in. It came out of. Well, <laughs> Where do spaceships um, come from? Next week on Knights of Vader. <laughs> the only thing I have to say though is that I think it's in some reference books. That the Empire destroyed the Tantive Four after the capture. Well, yeah, of course, JJ's gonna do whatever the hell he wants. But it, I'm just saying that in reference books, that is stated that the Tantive Four was destroyed after they captured it. Well, so wasn't the one? Didn't didn't Jimmy Smith have a different one though in Episode Three? 
it's going to be that one. It's, it's supposed to be the well. Okay, it's it's a whatever is the certain sort of like Corvette. So there's there's dozens of arcade them. runner, sure, Carillion Corvette thing. Yeah. So they could like it's the idea that, but like, why bring that very specific ship back and have it feature a a, a I don't want to say prominent role, but a noticeable role, not to have it be the Tanta before. You're but, right. It's, but Beyond see, it being familiar, it, it's only familiar because of that. But at the same time, they could do like an IG-88 versus IG-11, where they take the exact same design. They're like, nope, 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 it's not that. It's something different. They could do that as well. I guess so. All right. So after uh, anything about that, or please stop me if I'm moving too fast. No, no, it's oh, fine. No, I'm, I'm watching it at um, one-fourth four, the speed. and Good, good. You're still talking <laughs> fast. We're still, it's still going faster than we're talking about it. Sure. All right. The next scene we have was we have Ray on the wreckage of the Death Star with her lightsaber ignited. And she's like, like, oh God, I want everyone to go back and look at this. Like she is like grimacing. Like she's just like, she cannot, like she's going to crack a tooth. She's like gritting her teeth so hard. And she seems angry. <laughs> so I'm like, look at her. Like, she's just like, like clenching so much jaw clenching. She said, man, I hope they have dentists in the resistance. Cause oh man, her teeth. They're gonna have to. Uh, they have to add on to that big compilation of Ray faces where she's pointing the gun <laughs> and just every face. She's we got quite a, quite a few new ones just from this trailer. She's got an underbite. <laughs> the like, more you know, like her folks, the more you know. It's sticking out. Look, people keep telling me they know me. No one does. And then emerging out of the mist and the water and the spray from the waves is. But I do. <laughs> Guy <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's better the than Guy McFace. Guy McHairdo? I, I have to say, Ross, that was a fantastic Adam Driver impersonation. <laughs> can we have that? Can we have, like, uh, Russ, Adam Driver, like, read the phone book? <laughs> I like that. I, oh, God, I can't even do it right. Right, Drew. No, you're forcing. That was, it. Yeah, that was not as good. You're forcing it that time. You got. It's got to be more like improv. It's, it's too sad. It's True. too sad. Yeah. Later on the trailer, we have a shot with Kylo Ren and Rey in the throne room on the Death Star. Is that before or after this shot of them fighting? You think? Uh, hold on, let me get to it. Yeah, what do they do? They fight because we know they fight up top there from the other one already. It's on the poster. It's on the illustrated poster. We know they fight there, but yeah, they seem to uh, not be fighting down there. Does it start down there and then they start fighting? Yeah, I don't know because if you, I'm trying to get. It's more of a a distant shot, but it looks like when they're both on the the uh, in the throne room, his hair isn't as wet. Nah, so maybe. So I'm thinking something must happen in the throne room, and then she goes to confront him. Hmm. Like we see, like she looks much angrier in that sequence than he does, and he's the one known for having temper tantrums. And you know, just just semi-related, but I do like the it's poetry, it rhymes thing of the big Anakin Obi Wan fight. They're just surrounded by lava on very similar kind of beams, and this they're surrounded by water. It's, I just think I like that effect. Like yeah, that's that mirror, cool. That mirroring they're doing with this. Yeah, and you think about it, like after a while, you start to run out of ideas, like where to have like fights in Star Wars, and we haven't gotten that outside of, I guess, just what uh, Camino with Jango Fett. And that yeah, was, that that was, was like a duel. That was more of a fight in the rain, if anything. 
Well, that's what I mean, though. It's not like, like Russ says. It's where you have lava kind of crashing down. Here you have like you have the opposite of that. No, I, I no. That, I think it's cool. I think it's neat. It's something we haven't seen before. It's uh, I'll take it. Yeah, less dangerous though, but still really cool looking. Yeah, you can still get swept away, I guess. I'm waterlogged, Ray. Oh, I could. I'm, I'm too much water, Ray. I can't do it now. Forget it. You put too much pressure on him. I'm sorry, Russ. It's fine. All right, so the next shot we have after that, we have the, uh, this is one of the more interesting parts. We have a bunch of TIE fighters flying toward the glacier planet? Or Glacial, what do we call this? Glace station? Oh, the glace station. All right, there. And it's one of those shots where it's it's like the big impressive shot of Return of the Jedi where the, the TIE fighters are coming in and they just keep coming and coming. And you've never seen like that many ships coming at once. And it's doing that same effect where they're, you see them all flying towards it and then they just keep going, going like waves and waves of them. I like that. I like when they do that. And those but are is all this... First Order too. They're not the um, other ones that we see later in the trailer. No, they're not the uh, oh, like the little daggers. arrowhead things. Yeah, yeah, they're not tie daggers. The only thing, though, do we think this is the same snow planet that we've seen in the first trailer, Kajimi? Is this the same planet? No, or is this something I, that, different? That, it just doesn't look like a, a planet at all. The the that's Kajimi, right? Where he uh, he does that move on like maybe, maybe it is. Maybe there is a surface on there. That's that'd be pretty interesting. Well, because in the very next shot after the tie fighters is that we have the new. Palpy throne and it's clearly the same locale because you have the same like color palette of like the light like icy blue and we right. have also all that lightning and stuff that's there for when the star destroyers are right. doing their thing that is definitely yeah. the hue of this film that coming off of the red of of last jedi there is wait just is that, there a chair blue. in front of looks like oh. there's a headrest down near the feet well, like the on, base of the chair. He's got to put his feet up, Zanger. He's like no, no, no. It's, it would old. be like another, like, like there's a, like this is the throne behind another seat in front of him for, I guess, his apprentice. Where do you Maybe. see that? If you look at the very key, bottom key. on the, on the camera, wait, on the right side, like right there on the bottom, right below where his right foot would be. Well, okay, that's that's possible. All right, that's possible. Put his drink there. <laughs> it could just be part of like a stone or something. This this thing looks ominously weird and very not Star Wars, not not emperory to an extent. Well, it's it looks very old. It, but it's, it's it, not. It's regal. the same chair design regal. that he's had though since Episode One, and I've seen people uh, posted and noted that it is. Almost identical to that Ralph McQuarrie concept art for Return of the Jedi. It to me, it almost has like a Beetlejuice quality to it. Like it looks like her uh, something she would have carved or something that would be in Beetlejuice. Don't no 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 one do it. No one do it. Can't say it one more time, Russ. If you say it one more time, you'll show up. Well, were you talking about if I? uh, Oh God! You don't say it, Ross. You we, have, we have to go to the, rest of the episode now and not say that word. Jeez, Ross, you're gonna sit there and bring him in here. We don't want to say that. <laughs> All right. So after, okay, the thing about the like the kind of not that it bothers me with the throne chair, like because it, it's a cool design, but like it's it, it, it. No, it's not very comfy. It's not very ergonomic. Uh, but the thing though is that like why they feel so compelled to just delve into like rejected ideas from the '70s and '80s so much. God forbid you come up with a new idea. I mean, wait, what? 
That's what I mean, though. Is that, like, there's a reason why all these ideas were rejected, like, almost you know, 40 years ago. Now, you know, I did have that same thought today about how, yeah, we love Ralph McQuarrie stuff and how how uh, Zeb is basically based off of the early editions of Chewbacca. And they, they've kind of taken almost everything that McQuarrie did in the early days and they've put it into Rebels or Resistance and into these films, too. But I had that realization today where I was like, the man did not, there's not infinity great Macquarie's. Like, things did start getting, George Lucas is like, yeah, this is all the stuff I rejected. Like, imagine how many alien designs he rejected for Return of the Jedi. Like, things like that, where things did get rejected because he's like, not Star Wars, not Star Wars. And he just moved on from it. Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I remember complaining about that a couple of years ago, and people just, like, they defend it. They're like, it's perfect Star Wars. It's like, no, it was rejected Star Wars. Like, this shouldn't be <laughs> right. in the movie. Right. But yeah, I don't know. People, I guess it's just, I guess it's cheaper. And I guess it's like people can't complain that safer. it's not Star Wars. It's safer. It's safer. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. It's safe. It's cool. It's safe. a cool design. Though, it is it cool. Just, yeah, I'm not going to argue on an aesthetic level whether it's good or not, though. But it's just the notion that, like, oh, this is like in the rejection bin. But whatever. It's their thing. They can do whatever they want with it. But then, and then after that shot, though, I'm going to let Zenger describe it. But I imagine this is his money shot, right? <laughs> no, I mean it's it's close. It's 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 part of the build up. I mean that chair by by the way is part of the build up too, but um cuz I mean that the um I don't know, that or the or the throne from Game of Thrones. It is a bit reminiscent of that. No, I'm I'm saying which one would you prefer? Nothing, nobody. All right. mm. I don't moving watch on. Game of Thrones. Ah, moving on. So, got a Star Destroyer coming out of what looks like ice with lightning striking around it. And it's all oh, just, just and of course has to be an atmosphere because I mean, why not? <laughs> but this is, I think the lead up to all those star destroyers later. That well, I, I will I, say, I didn't notice, I didn't notice the lightning thing. I've watched it quite a few times and maybe I'm just concentrating. Oh no, else. there is lightning everywhere in any star destroyer scene. Pretty is this much. Like, is this just like pumped up palpy power that is doing this, or yeah, yeah, he's like gonna blow some kind of palpy power plant? I don't know. Well, this is the kind of thing, though. Before before we kind of like delve into like what's going on in the sequence, I do want to kind of bring up that I love. I when I was watching this, like when it was uh, on live on Monday Night Football, my jaw genuinely, like genuinely dropped at that moment because there's. I'm, I talked about it in the blaster app thing I did. But there's this movie, I'm not sure if a lot of people have seen it It's called Raise the Titanic It's based on a Clive Cussler novel You can find it, I think the whole movie's on YouTube It's not hard to come by But it's a rather boring movie But there's mm. one fantastic Sequence in it where they genuinely rate, like They raise the Titanic From like the depths of the Atlantic Ocean And it's a fantastic sequence It's probably one of my favorite movie moments of all time And it looks just like this The Star Destroyer kind of like perforating The ice as it like rises And it's great like this is the sort of stuff That uh like when I complain about JJ a lot and I'm like oh everything he does Is derivative and and tired and been there Done that this is the sort of imagery I want I want things I would never think Of seeing in Star Wars And uh not to say that this shot Alone sold me on the movie I was sold on this Obviously a, a long time ago but uh, no, this this sort of imagery is just like it's fantastic. This is the sort of stuff we need more of in Star Wars. Not mm-hmm. like no more like X wings. Like again, X wings and Tie Fighters are fine, but do creative things with them in the film, and this is a prime example of that. 
I liked it a lot too. Yeah, I was equally blown away. I was just I was blown away just as soon as I saw that, just because it's so unique to Star Wars, the the the, the Glace Station. I that just something I didn't think I would ever see or didn't think I wanted to see in Star Wars, but it, it looks great. But going to Zanger's theory about like with these things, in that previous shot in the um what was the D twenty three footage where we have them all like in formation. You actually see that from a different angle later in the trailer. Yeah, I, but the only thing about those that later on in the trailer we see the Star Destroyers rising as the Resistance fighters are storming. Well, okay, they're they're fighting on top of some ships, and but I'm wondering in that D twenty three shot of them all like in formation, is it possible that they're that the Star Destroyers are stored in the glacier? That seems so weird, but, but I I mean, but it has I like to weird in though, Star Wars. They're, they're breaking through the ice, so they must be, like, think about it. Unless they're palpit- breaking through there because, like, that's some resistance or that's some, there, there's something there and they're destroying it as I, they're coming through. I don't think that they would do that. I, I don't think they, they uh, if you're going to destroy something in Star Wars, you're going to do it with a laser beam. You're not going to do it just so, by, like, by, true. like, being... What they call what's the ships called the the what the icebreakers that sit there they're up like at the polar caps that sit there just kind of like break through the ice. Yeah, I th- I think that's what it is. I think the star Dest- I think the Sith fleet armada, whatever they're called, I think they're stored in the ice. And I think maybe that's they what- were yeah they were brought there so long ago that <clears throat> at this place this this stuff just naturally forms over time and then you don't even that that's how they stay hidden. Yeah, I think that's what, and that's why nobody ever noticed this, and that would also explain the palpy chair and why that's where it is. Because oh, like it's all there. Because it, like you said, Russ, much of the trailer follows this very specific color palette of like icy blue. Yeah, yeah, it's almost you know complete opposite of uh, not only Last Jedi but of uh, Revenge Force, of the Sith. Yeah, and Force Awakens too. Force Awakens had a very like what? And they got that yellowish kind of gold almost yeah. going on. Very oh, and the, lo- the 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 Star Wars logo at the end is blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the, 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 clearly yeah. they have they have a color palette in mind for this. Yeah, they went what yellow, red, blue. Yup, yup, yup. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to point out though is that if you have all three the um, teaser posters for the sequel trilogy, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. No, what happens is um, the teaser poster that just has like the logo and like you were saying the color. Each of those, like the, the Force Awakens and Last Jedi, uh, whatever you want to call it, the, the Star Wars logo with the title in the middle is like centered in, a, in the same way, but the Rise of Skywalker one is like two inches higher than the other two. Oh, Only somebody mi- who is staring at them currently would notice that. That's a mildly infuriating thing because th- this poster almost, I, I love the new poster also, by the way, and I, it does kind of mirror the Force Awakens poster, and it's a nice balance having the Last Jedi with you know that. I guess the, the, the yeah, I'm thinking of the, yeah the teaser one, the more symmetrical one where it's Ray with the uh, the lightsaber extended. Oh, no, I wasn't even referring to that one. Well, you know, if you look at the final poster for the Last Jedi, Ray has the almost the exact same pose as she does on that as she does on the new poster. Yeah, I don't know. Ray apparently can only do like one stance any like any of the marketing, but. She's got a great side profile. Good, good. All right. Anything else about that Star Destroyer? Can we move on to the? uh, There's more later, so (laughs) so don't. I'm I'm not worried. All right. So the next shot we have is the Armada of Resistance ships. Not as interesting. Sorry, I I already showed my hand. (laughs) All right. Um, 
Uh, as Zenger has made abundantly clear, oh boy, this is the uh, cameo shot of the entire trailer. Apparently, people have seen everything we have. Like, obviously, the big headline being that you can see the ghost on the right of the Falcon. That's been discussed to death already. But you can see some Hammerhead Corvette. Um, oh God, allegedly you can see- in the background. Oh wait, you can see. No, uh, we're the, talking about the scene where, okay. where the Falcon pops into scene, right? And you've got the entire model behind it. Is this the scene you're talking about? Yes. Okay, um, this scene was kind of a mess before you get into it, because as soon as it dropped, there's just too much. You can't there you is do a have to sit and pause. Corvette. I couldn't focus on anything. There is a Corvette. I think that's the point. The ship that Han had where they captured the Falcon. Yeah, that's there. It looks like there's one of those. Well, it Bala also looks up? like Radis's ship is in the background, too. Yep. Yep, uh, a Mon Calamari ship that's there. There's you a few Calamari ships floating around in there. Well, if you look, apparently somebody was saying that you act. I forget where exactly you, you have to look, but you can actually see a um, droid control ship, ship too. A droid control ship? Yeah, you know from like the Phantom Menace. Sure. Yeah, that's in there. All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Hold on. That I think the droid. I I'm gotta say, that. Well, I, I know we're poo. probably gonna get. I'll save it. We're I say poo poo. To the droid control ship. Oh, oh, okay. There is a ship at the very bottom on like one of the last few frames. Mm-hmm. That just looks like it for a second. Because I was about to be like, up, oh, I stand corrected, but no, it just looks like it for a split second. There's also some resistance bombers in there. So here's the thing. Where's the outrider? Why it's couldn't probably, it? <laughs> it's probably in Zenger. There's like like 300 ships in here. That's probably in there. I want it's it. One shot. I want what it. About Mando ship. What's it called again? <laughs> Razorcrest. Razorcrest. That's probably in there too. They're all in there. I, I would imagine that even the uh, the Colossus from Resistance is probably in there at some point. It's gonna be like the um, it's gonna be like a oh god, uh, Avengers Endgame. Where they claim like Richard Ryder, Nova's in there. They're claiming like like all these different <laughs> characters are in the background. It's well, like three pixels. Work with uh, making uh, making different ships, so we just kind of just there's a um I don't I, I, I'm not doing a p- particular voice by the way. Uh, there's actually a uh, um uh, one of the ships from Star Trek in there if you look hard enough. It flies directly in front of the screen during the movie. It's, that's a Klingon Death Rider. Exactly. Why not? Why don't we just throw that in there too? Rewinding real quick. Don't get me wrong. That is a really impressive and super cool shot with the Falcon coming up and I guess leading the charge. I can see Chewbacca, but I think raise the co-pilot. It's hard to tell. Yeah, you can't tell. It's hard. It's, it, it's really hard. People. I, I heard one person say it's Lando. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. That yeah. seemed like it would make more sense for the time, just because. I mean, it's. I don't know what to co- to compare this to, though. Is this like oh, going to be mirroring Return of the Jedi so much to oh, where yeah. oh, our, yeah. our Jedi character is already off doing the bigger business, and our Landos and friends are running the battle? Oh yeah, what's going to happen is you're going to have it's going to be like, um, yeah, it's going to be just like Jedi. You're going to have uh, Ray with Kylo Ren and Palpatine. You're going to have Finn and Jana doing the Han Solo Leia thing on the bunker on Endor. And you're going to have Poe and friends in the space battle. And what, Lando and Chewie? With Lando. Well, nine of should be with him. Why is Chewbacca in there? He's going to be mad. That, he brings up a good point. So you find his own <laughs> X-Wing. 
Uh, oh, he's got his own ship now. Remember in oh. Force Awakens, he's during the sure. uh, the Star Killer base battle. Oh, he was. Oh, yeah. He gets that great walking scene where it's just real dramatic when they're playing the music. I, lo- I love oh. Nino. I'm glad they've kept him around. Of all, of all the characters, it's great to see him. Maybe Pruneface will be there too. Uh, but yeah, no. Going back to your point about the end, yeah, I think that's what's going to be. You're going to have your, uh, yeah, you're you're going to have the three way split of an ending. It's going to be kind of like what happened. Uh, like it's the same thing they did with the original trilogy. Like a New Hope has one ending, Empire has two endings. You have Luke with uh, Vader, and then you have Le- Leia, uh, Chewbacca, uh-huh. and Lando. Yeah. And then Jedi, you have the three-way split. I think it's gonna be the same thing again, where Last Jedi has the uh, the Ray, the Ray, and the Resistance people, and you have Luke Skywalker. I think I think they're gonna do the same thing—a one-two-three, where everything kind of like, or technically, Force Awakens has two because you have the attack on Star Killer Base, and you have the uh, Ray Kylo Ren duel. Yeah, it was but, more uh, Episode One almost. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be very similar to that in the sense of like how you're gonna have all this stuff kind of unfold. But I think I think until you get to that point, it's gonna be very hard to uh, figure out where the movie's going. Because I do think the movie. My guess is maybe we'll get to this toward the end. But I do think that like the movie's gonna begin with them on wherever the Force Planet is. Because I think JJ has said that the Force Planet is very early on in the film, and I think when they're there, they're gonna be told, oh. Uh, Ray, like we're, we're gonna see Ray training, and then she's gonna have her little talk with Leia, and Leia's, Leia's gonna say something like, "Oh," or or Poe's gonna be like, "Oh, we have to go to uh, blah 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 blah." There's something, there's some wreckage somewhere, and it's gonna be the Death Star. I think all that Death Star stuff is the first act. Really? Death- so when, I agree. Well, when, well, what's it? Well, what about the uh, the parts with the big fair and the skiff uh, going I think, around? With the paint? I think that's I think that's second act. That's the same. Is that the same? Pl- well, could that in the in the Death Star planet be the same? No, it's, it's they're going to go yeah. to the second place, and then that's when they get chased by the Knights of Ren and uh, the yeah, in the in the Tie Enforcer yeah. fighter. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't even I don't even know where that Tie thing would because look at okay, look at what we just watched in the trailer where we have Ray on the wreckage of the Death Star outside, and she's like gritting, like clenching her jaw, and she's waiting for Kylo Ren. That is almost the exact same thing. As her waiting for the TIE fighter. It's the exact same thing. We have her anticipating Kylo Ren. It's it's the, like on a thematic level, in like a visual storytelling level, it's the exact same shot. It's Ray anticipating him. Yeah, so what's this gonna be? Like they're constantly together, but they just have to keep bumping in each other to well, fight. Well, that's why that's why I wonder. It's like, okay, you're I'm spitballing here, folks. Uh, you have them. They they encounter them. They enter. Eh, they encounter each other for the first time since the events of the Last Jedi on the ruins of the Death Star. Something happens in Palpy's throne room. They start to fight. Something happens where obviously they have to. Uh, they I don't know. They repel each other. They end up somewhere else. They both then end up on Pasana, which is the desert planet. And then we have the the battle because I I think I I don't know if I I posted it in the Facebook group I don't think it made it in there, but for a, a kitty birthday party I'm going to in a couple of weeks I bought some Star Wars books and one of them was the um the little like those what's it called the golden oh, books. golden books yeah I and, and I got and I got it had the spoilers one that, in it not well kind of well not really but it had it had uh, it's called We Are the Resistance and one of the images. Is of uh, Chewbacca and Rey on one of those skiffs on the desert planet that we've seen uh, C-3PO, Finn, and Poe on. 
So I think something's happening there too, where she after she has her encounter with Kylo around the Death Star, there's another encounter with him on Pasana, the jungle planet. And I think I think they're gonna keep bumping into each other. I think I think Russ is onto something. I do think that something has to happen at the very end of the second act where Kylo Ren something something happens and he has to go and help the resistance. Something has to happen there. It would make sense. And we see them, I mean, we're gonna get to later. We see him again in a different location later on with in the, the trailer. On. With what no the cracks either. No, no, it has cracks. I got. Oh, cold. it does. Oh, I thought somebody. I thought you had caught that. Oh. No, and yeah. actually watching it on this replay thing, um, I you do see them. They're very faint and hard to see, though. To me, that was the yeah. most intriguing shot of it all. That's the only moment that I sat there and I paused and paused and watched because I really wanted to see what that thing was. They cut that thing very good, where you don't know what the heck that thing is that they're destroying. She's got a dagger in her hand, possibly the dagger from Mortis. Oh man, someone listened to an episode. <laughs> um, Zenger actually did his homework, folks. Oh man, Zenger, Zenger you get a gold star. Uh, you're up to like what three now? Yeah. Hey, they, uh, they did set it up. If, if that's what it truly is, they 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 put they did put it out there. Yeah, I give them credit. Um, okay, so until we we'll get to the end in a couple minutes. But the next scene is the actual, probably the only genuine scene scene we've seen from this movie is the C three PO scene. Which I Great think is scene. set up in a weird way, but anyways. Yeah, yeah. I actually came on ready to defend it because I've seen a, a lot of talk about the yes. fact that he, he references them as his friends and everyone's like, you don't know these people. They're not your friends. Hey, look. It, okay, we know he knows Poe for a while already. He's been with Leia for a long time. R2-D2 is probably there. Chewbacca's there. Those are his friends. Daft Punk Sam Wessel's there. Yes, Daft Punk Sam Wessel's there. But getting to well, Russ's point before Zenger undercut it is that, yes, he's been, at this point, we still don't know the timeline of this movie, but he's been hung, think about it, he's hung around Finn and Ray now for at least a year. And they're not abusing him like Han Solo. He could, <laughs> he would never say that to Han. They're probably really nice to him. And he's probably the first time he doesn't have a bunch of people giving him crap. Yeah. Like, when we've talked about the rumors and stuff, we never, like, that sequence, and I think Russ even knows, like, knows where that's going. Right, Russ? We're not, we're not going to sure. say it explicitly. Yeah, we, we you, won't. But you know, we know where it's going. Where he's going to have the red eyes. And then they turn him evil. It is I, C-3PO. The true villain of this series. But no, but like in all seriousness, though, it's that we know where the scene is going. And why I was what? No, no, not allegedly. I'm just going to say that for legal reasons. Sure. sure. I'll I'll just say that. Yeah, Zanger. I don't know about allegedly as much because uh, eagle-eyed Star Wars fans have pointed out something that actually almost proves it in the background of that shot that I won't mention either. You mean the battle droid? Oh yeah, yeah, that one. (laughs) Uh, But no, but no. This sequence though, that it's because I was I was thinking about this yesterday before the trailer dropped, and I'm like, that is if if it goes the way it's supposed to go, it's insanely emotionally manipulative like it is like pixar level emotionally manipulative okay i've resented much of the later pixar movies because it is like you have things like in finding nemo the mother dies like immediately it's beginning of up you have the wife die immediately and yes i know disney's been doing this ever since bambi but guardians of the galaxy 
<laughs> to a lesser extent. <laughs> no, they did. I thought that beginning was really emotional. I had no idea who Star Lord or any of that was, and that that beginning was so emotional. I was invested immediately, and I caught myself later, like, why did I get so worked up? I don't know who any of these people are. Russ, I want you to know at this point, you've made yourself such a comedian that Zenger, anytime you open your mouth, Zenger just like starts this like his knee jerk reaction is just to start laughing. <laughs> Russ it's is like, true. I'm yeah, I can't be genuine around him. I'm sorry. Russ is like, so someone ran over my cat the other day. And Zenger's just like pissing himself. Zenger's like, oh my god, a great Russ. He's setting up a clip. It's I think it ain't my cat. Watch it coming. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Russ and this uh, soundboard. Um, but no, like I the thing about this, if they do do this thing with C3PO, which I'm very inclined to believe they will, it's it's so heart wrenching. It's like, because we, like, C-3PO is really one of those characters, like, he, think about it, he's the first line of dialogue from Star Wars. They yeah. shut off the main reactor, we're doomed. It's like, that. think about it. C-3PO is really our, oh god, our first, oh, oh god, our first bridge into Star Wars for most of us. And he's been this, like, fixed point throughout all the films, barring Solo, and the idea that if this scene unfolds the way it's supposed to, that's really going to be a genuine, like, tearjerker scene. And, like, I, again, I'm not someone who gets emotional at movies often. I, I'm not. But as I've watched this trailer now, like, a dozen plus times since last night, I was really, like, I was feeling it. Like, like and this is where the JJ-level schmaltz is going to pay off, like, tenfold because he knows how to do that sort of thing perfectly like yeah. the idea of this happening like jj's gonna absolutely hit that out of the park and it's like i remember like in zenger probably can attest to this that in deathly hallows part two when i saw that opening day and when snape is killed by the snake and like there's girls crying like in the theater and i'm like this like i get like the character of snape dying in the books being a really like sad thing but in the movie it's just a snake like headbutting him for like 15 <laughs> seconds it's like this isn't emotional it's weird and kind of off-putting when you really think about it like there's nothing emotional about a snake just like snapping at someone's head from like the snake's point of view like that's not sad it's only sad because you've read the books and it's the uh, oh god uh played out better there and, but this is, oh my god, the idea of C-3PO, insert spoiler here, and having to watch that on screen as he says in the, like, from his line in the trailer, oh my god, that's, oh, that's gonna be so difficult to watch. Like, and I don't, I don't think mean it, that in a bad I don't way. think it's gonna go, do- I don't think it's gonna do- go down the way that it's set up. Uh, it looks like, yeah, whatever is about to happen to 3PO, you know, we don't have to mention, I mean, I don't even know well, if we know if that's correct. I think whatever it is, it's probably going to be something along the lines of, you know, there's a chance that, you know, you you will be lost forever. There, you know, and then I have a feeling that, that it's not going to happen like that, that at the very end, R2 is going to have, like, I had your backup or something. But... I, but I agree with you, Ross, because there's always, remember, if everybody remembers Star Trek in the Darkness, Kirk's like, Kirk get what's what dies of like radiation trying to like fix the reactor and at the very end of the movie they bring him back to life like you remember that right Super Bowl mm-hmm. 
Yeah, super blood. Um, the only thing though is that like I that would be such a cop out though. Like this is as they keep touting at the end of the Skywalker saga, and I have to always keep adding my little touch there saying until ten years from now when we get episode ten. But if they do want to give this story some emotional weight that doesn't involve like this is the thing that's always bothered me. In that in all the stupid Marvel movies, all the idiots online do is complain, oh, they don't Marvel movies they have no dramatic stakes. They don't kill anybody. It's like, folks, killing characters does not make a movie good. Like, I don't know why people can't like wrap their head around that yet. It's like imagine going into a James Bond movie and then walking out being like, oh, a movie sucks. It doesn't even die or anything. It's that weird sort of complaint that came from like Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull where people were mad that he doesn't die in the movie. It's like, what, what the hell's the matter with you? But the thing though is if you do want to have dramatic stakes that doesn't involve killing characters, what we think is going to happen, if that does happen, that's a fantastic way to give them to elevate the movie and give it some like emotional heft and weight without like like offing one of the characters and i really not that i want to see this thing happen to c3po but i really think that would be a genuinely touching moment and to undercut it by being oh we we have super blood that 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 brings him back to life i <laughs> or, or, or rectifies the issue because i'm not it i think that would undercut they do that at the very end of the movie i think that would be you would be robbing the movie of an emotional punch that I think, and I think that not even just the movie, the series has earned at this point. It has. It, it would also, um, it would make K2SO's own sacrifice seem much, much more. And I don't, I don't think Anthony Daniels is going to have K2SO uh, showing him up for his one movie compared to his nine or ten. Yeah, but I do think so, I think it's a good point though, guys. There. So I want to say this: this is a junk shop. Yeah. So the the battle droid head being back there is just a fan service thing, in my opinion. Sure. I don't think there's a deeper meaning to it. Probably not. So I'm just I just want to say that because I'm like if 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 there wasn't like pieces of stuff everywhere and you just saw that randomly, be one thing. But I'm like this is a junk shop that they're probably going into to do said activity with C3PO. Um, and also, it's not like there's a Transformer movie where, I mean, within the first act, every character you ever cared about is dead. <laughs> All right. So moving on to uh, after C-3PO. And this is where the trailer really started to, like, kick into high gear. Now, kinda... oh, 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 one more thing. Okay. There's a lot of C-3PO in this trailer. Yeah. Like, yeah, why, he's even been... if you take out this scene, he's in the background in a lot of random shots. So I'm like... If they're really trying to nail this home, they're definitely setting up for it in this trailer. It's smart. They should have had more him in the other ones. I don't know why they just had to give him a couple of goofy lines. Like, I mean, I understand they want to bring up the new the new characters and droids and everything, but 3PO, you can just stick him with anybody. Is him standing there? Say something. <laughs> All Do right, something, so 3PO. So the next thing after this is we have, we have a shot of Finn... Poe and uh, Chewie fighting their way through the corridors of a First Order Star Destroyer, and just they're picking off stormtroopers left and right. And that's kind of one thing too. That you, like, you think about Star Wars. Like, when was the last time in Star Wars we got a genuine like gunfight? It's like, been a while. I, I, like, yeah, like think about it. It doesn't really happen in the Last Jedi. 
it doesn't happen in the Force Awakens. Like when when uh, Finn, Chewie, and Han storm uh, Starkiller base, it's kind of over before it starts. They tackle Captain Phasma, and that's the end of that. So the idea of having, like, even in the prequels, we don't have a lot of like like out out like gunfights. Like yes, we have like some stuff. Like we have the Battle of Geonosis, but I don't think people look at that as like a gunfight. No, I'd say like I'd say the Gungan fight. and the Gungan thing wasn't a gunfight either. All you had was the uh, the Naboo pilots and stuff shooting people with those little guns, the little well, hairdryer things. But but even but even that though, at least is like closer to like when you think of like a New Hope and you have the t- detention center and they're in like the hallway and they're trying to fire at the stormtroopers. It's a gunfight. And yeah, really, that's immediately what I thought of this chart scene from the trailer. I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. Let's go. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, think about it. In all of Star Wars, we have only two two genuine gunfights. We have the uh, detention center hallway, and then the palace on feed and the Phantom Menace. So or the, the Endor. Well, no, he walks. Well, you got a bunch. You got some rebels getting mixed up in there too. But yeah, it's mostly Ewoks versus uh. That's versus that's why. That's what I mean. It's not even really a gunfight. Like, having Han Solo pick off a couple of, like stormtroopers, he's trying to hotwire a door, isn't really a gunfight. But having these three like running through a. Uh, a storm, uh, storm, yeah, star destroyer hallway. That's great. Like that's that's when the trailer really started to kick into high gear for me. And I'm like, oh wow, this is so cool. I'm like, this is this is the sort of stuff that, like, when it comes to Star Wars, I'm again, I, I know I complain a lot on here, but I'm not expecting them to reinvent the wheel with each movie. I just want them to do things just slightly different than what they've done before. Like the bar is rather low in the grand scheme of things, and that's great because I know I think. What we're seeing in that sequence, the three of them, Chewie, Finn, and Poe, is probably a continuation of what we see later in the trailer of them on the uh, surface of a Star Destroyer. Is that what they are, where they are when they're on the horses? Yeah, possibly. It's a first, it's a fir- no, it's a First Order Star Destroyer. There's, oh, one, sh- there's a, one shot, and it's a First Order Star Destroyer. Star Destroyer expert Justin Zinger on the case. Okay, well, you, well, professional something Justin Zanger's on the case. Um, no, because if you look at that one shot, it is a First Order Star Destroyer. And this is why I think it's interesting. And it also actually goes to a point I made like almost a year ago, was in our Star Wars Clone Wars episode on chapters 21 through 25, and Zanger can obviously tell you, we have the one part where uh, Jedi Master, I can't, I can't pronounce his name properly, Sacy Tin, Remember Zanger, he goes on. Oh, they, they, the one where he disabled, he, his ship's disabled and he goes, let me get a new one. They jump out onto another ship. They they commandeer a separatist ship. Hell yeah. I'm pretty sure in that, in that recording, maybe if I have time, I'll go back and find it because it's like a three hour long episode. I actually say in that episode, imagine if we actually got something half as clever as that in the rise of Skywalker or at the time, episode nine. So I'm going to take credit for guessing this right almost a year in advance. Mm. Seems to be first order in in look. Well, okay, Zenger. Okay, think practically for a second. There's two different angles of it. It looks more uh, first ordery than Imperial Star Destroyer. And then cut combine that with the next shot of we have Finn, Poe, and Chewbacca storming the hallways of it. Like, come on. I, I think you I think it's pretty obvious that they're trying to commandeer it. Right? Oh, I'm so confused. Unless, yeah, what are what is the yeah, plan? Yes, there? yes, it is the first order because you can see the bridge and the 
Yes. It, running towards the bridge, and you can see that weird, like, cube-shaped, disgusting um, <laughs> pod thing on top, instead of the perfectly spherical Epcot-looking ones that we get on the st- that the true Star Destroyers. Yes. Yeah, there's a ride in there. That's cool. But the thing I have to... <laughs> but the thing I want to bring up, though, like, going to that sequence of seeing them ride... Okay, this is one thing I want to bring up, too. We have Finn, Jana, and we have BBA in a in a... Uh, gaggle of other resistance peoples riding orbacks on the surface of a first order star destroyer as it's i don't know if it's rising because in the background we see the imperial star destroyers rising and goddamn if that's not one of the (laughs) coolest star wars things ever riding space horses on the surface of a (laughs) one star destroyer well who knows let's just say for the sake of argument Trying to commandeer it to face to fight off other star destroyers, like that's like some ambitious. Like considering that the Force Awakens is such a derivative film, this is really neat. Like that's so cool. And while this is all going on, because I know I think I forget who was video I was watching. It might have been Star Wars Explained, and he's like, "Oh, why is BB-8 there? Why isn't BB-8 with Poe?" And you realize if you look at some of the promotional images of uh, the candy corn colored X-Wing, we see R2 in the back of it. So it looks like R2 will be flying with Poe during the space battle of the third act. And BB-8 will be trying to help uh, Finn, Chewbacca, and them with the commandeering. Oh, wait. Okay, I might have poked a hole in my own theory. Is it Poe himself? Okay, one, one at a time, please. That was the in Poe running inside the yes. ship as well. So, as he's not so, you're, so you're right. So how oh, I he... said, why is Chewbacca not flying the Falcon? Yeah, that too. Good point. Okay, there you go. See, okay. Uh, they we came at it from holes. different angles. Oh, man. See, folks, <laughs> see, folks, they can actually be professional when they want to be. Not everything has to be a joke with them. There is so, critical thinking on this podcast. So can I do my theory now? Go, Zanger. Shoot your, was this the, the crazy theory? Oh, uh, no. We, we got to wait. We got to get to it. Gotta wait. I was I was gonna unprofessional myself real quick, but we got time. Continue. Okay. So, anything else about the? Because uh, we have a couple of shots of the space of the fight with the. Uh, we have the Y wing destroying the tie dagger. We have the uh, uh, the shot of like in. Oh god, the star destroyer. What what do we think of all this? Like we do have it's all this going on. <laughs> So that that is what's happening there. That Y wing is killing one of the daggers. It just looks like it's. I, I thought it was just shooting at the underneath. It of that shoots star two of the daggers cool. down and then proceeds to fire at the cannon on the star destroyer. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. You know, it's really <laughs> awesome to watch stuff at one fourth the speed. You can see so much detail you were never meant to see, like a squadron of Y wings flying by in the background as they ride off epically. Yeah, like I, the biggest I think takeaway from this is that we're going to get the end battle of Rogue One times ten. Oh, uh, that's just, that's a that's a tall order, sir. I I think that they have to do that because, like, when you think about the battle of Return of the Jedi, it's it's a pretty the space battle, except for Admiral Akbar in Lando. It's a rather impersonal battle. Like you yeah, think about is. that. Like you got non English speaking Ewoks uh, <laughs> fighting, you know. Well, I'm not. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about the ground battle. I'm talking just about the space battle. Is that like you look at the Battle of Endor? 
and you compare it to the Battle of Scarif. And again, I'm talking just about the space battle, not about anything that's happening on the planet. And like the Battle of Endor, for the most part, in the space component, is like, what's the objective? Well, we got to blow up the Death Star. Well, why can't we blow up the Death Star? Uh, there's a shield around it, but nobody knows why it's still up there because we can't talk to Han. And that's pretty much it. And you, all you get is like Admiral Akbar and Lando. Like what? There's like what? Two, maybe three scenes of them like to, like talking back and forth. It's like we have to retreat, General Calrissian. We gotta give Han more time. And like Come that's on, it. old buddy, I need you. Yeah, that's that's kind of the extent of like the the person, like the human drama during the battle. Whoa, of whoa, whoa, space. whoa, what, whoa! Hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. And then you compare it to the Battle of Scarif, and you think about the Battle of Scarif, that, like, in the space battle, we don't know any of those characters. Every character in the space battle of Scarif is somebody we were just introduced to in that movie. Like, think about it. Admiral Raddus became a fan favorite overnight with that, and you have all the Blue Squadron, even though, yes, we do have... Uh, Red leader and gold leader there But think of all the like There's there's so much more human drama During the space battle of Scarif Than there is during Endor And I really think if and I do think they are probably going to pull out So many cameos during that sequence As we can tell just from the uh, The one space shot we got in this trailer Like we know Lando and Chewie are there We know the ghost is there We know that we're going to have Dennis Lawson uh, Wedge and Tilly's there so yeah. imagine, like we, I, I remember, folks. Much how I joke about we're gonna have the Captain America picking up Thor's hammer moment. There's gonna be a sequence in here where Lando's gonna go, all squadrons report in, and we're gonna have Dennis Lawson say, "You caught, you caught Red Leader standing by, and it's gonna be him." Like you're gonna have that moment. You're gonna have, like, you're gonna have Hera there. Like, there's no way they're gonna have the ghost there and not have Hera fly. No, 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 her son. No, people don't know who the hell her son is. Nobody knows who Jason <laughs> Jason Sindula is. But how, she would be like infinitely old. No, we don't know how old the Twi'lek is. We don't know how Twi'leks age. Okay, okay. She, she'll look like Bill so, Fortuna, and we'll be like, "That's how they age." So I just noticed something interesting. Okay, Zanger. Yeah, that was that was my whoa whoa whoa. So. In the second scene where they're riding and the camera's panning up to show the super awesome Star Destroyers and atmosphere is lightning and stuff's going on, there are First Order transports coming from the Star Destroyer down to the First Order ship. Yes. So it looks like they're the First Order sending troops to meet them on the surface. Now, Perfect. could those be the Red Stormtroopers? Well, okay. I'm glad you brought that up. I don't know if the Red Stormtroopers play into any of this, the Sith Troopers, but it's an idea that I wanted to bring up here. If you go back to the very beginning of the trailer where we see Rose and we see, uh, uh, what was his name? What, what's Dominic Moynihan's character's name? Uh, Ross? Frodo. General uh, Consensus. General Consensus, yes. Gen Dominic, Dominic Moynihan, General Consensus. If you look, it is that scene is on the the top of the first order star destroyer it does it doesn't look identical but it does look like a first order drop ship and if you look people are running into it so what i'm thinking is either the battle has been won because it looks like billy lord is i kind of i don't want to say she's carrying whatever his name dominic, dominic Moynihan's character but it looks like they are evacuating the ship yeah or what is so what does this mean? Does this, is, is the resistance going to defeat the First Order, say, in the second act of this movie, 
No, and this, then is, the, this is the real threat's going to come. Well, okay. This is the actual empire. This is my theory. And I have to admit, I did take part of this from Star Wars Explained. He, he mentioned it in his video. But what if Palpatine isn't, let's just, for the sake of argument, just play, play a lot, humor me. What if Palpatine isn't alive and all of this is an extension of Operation Cinder? What if, remember, the whole point, okay, Zenger, what is the point of Operation Cinder? Burn all. Destroy everything. Why? They failed to keep Palpy alive. So, okay. So let's say that, again, whether Palpatine's alive or not, it doesn't matter. Let's say that Palpatine, whether it is, comes back to life or just somehow gets back to his little ice uh, glacier station, glacier station, and he sees the First Order operating in his shadow and says, no, I'm going to destroy all of you. The First Order realizes, oh, crap, the person who supposedly we're the extension of is now trying to destroy us. The only way to stop this is by teaming up with the Resistance. And we have the First Order in the Resistance fighting the Sith Armada. So is that battle them being together that we're I, seeing, or yeah, I don't like, know. I, I don't know. Blowing stormtroopers away, and those are the oh the the, but the that first could be, order guys. That could be earlier in the movie, though. True. We don't again. This movie's supposed to be two and a half hours long, and there's a lot that can happen in the span of that time. So I don't know. Plus, we again much how we, it's kind of been the hallmark of all these Rise of Skywalker episodes is that you have so many plot threads out there. It's like how do they all connect? Because you know who's not? We haven't even seen them outside of one picture in Vanity Fair. We still haven't seen Hux or Allegiant uh, General Pride. Where do they play into any of this? Yeah, I've noticed they are just not in this at all in the in this trailer at least. It's interesting that considering that this film is all centered around the bad guys, we have hardly seen any of the bad guys. Like there's no there's no Sith troopers, there's no Knights of Ren, there's no Hux, there's no Pride. There's barely there's like what? One like fraction of a glimpse at Palpatine and other we'll than Kylo Ren. And other than Kylo Ren, that's kind of it. And Kylo Ren's kind of like a weird anti-hero in this. My six-year-old had a great reaction when he uh, walked out of the water. He was just, whoa! And I was like, all right, he's back in. He's back in. He's been wearing the, uh, the Force Awakens Kylo Ren costume when we pulled the costumes out. And I think he might actually wear it for Halloween. Oh, okay. Oh, but he's demanding the red helmet. Now, I'm keeping you updated. This is a six-year-old. and I, I mean, he's just seen the trailers and some of the stuff. But he saw the costume, wanted it, and he said, I want, I want the red cracked helmet. I'm like... Damn you, Disney marketing. Could have kept it the same. Now I have to buy a different helmet for a, a costume I've had for three years or four years. Can't can't you just like paint red markings on the other helmet? Hey, there we go. Still red paint for I like think four bucks. It, it has a voice changer. That's the thing. Oh, uh, okay. The voice uh, changer's different? The, the one he has is just like a, a plastic piece of crap that has oh, <laughs> a Kylo Ren mask. I don't even think it has uh, a back. Okay. Okay, fair enough. No, but going back to Zenger's point, though, so yes, the idea of them, it seems like, and I think I said this before, it's either going to be somebody has to team up against one faction. It's going to be the Resistance and Party X versus Y, or the Resistance and Party Y against X. I do think, I don't think the First Order probably has as many ships. And I think the whole thing, too, is I don't think Palpatine likes the idea of other people 
usurping his power. I think it's yeah, I think Palpatine probably wants to destroy the First Order because, like you said, Zenger, you have failed me. And I will not be stopped by anybody. I'm not going to compete with power for anyone. And that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that kind of line up with the whole uh, issue of the, the, the Sith? Not exi- You know, that Snoke and Kylo Ren are these dark side force users, but they are purposely not using the Sith moniker. As, as, as if they know that, you know, the rule of two and the Sith still do exist. I mean, are the Sith, is the word Sith, is the Sith itself going to play? Is, that, is he going to maybe tempt Kylo with the title? I don't know. Like that's the weird. Like that's another element. We have no idea what. Like what's Kylo Ren's motivation in this movie? We have no idea. Like think about it. you go into Force Awakens. Like even like let's say you're in the like let's say it's now October twenty second, twenty fifteen. You go into the Force Awakens like with Kylo Ren. You're like, oh, he's Darth Vader wannabe. Make like, you know all of his like motivations. Like everything you need to know about the characters right there. Darth Vader wannabe. Then you go into the Last Jedi. What's Kylo Ren's motivation in The Last Jedi? He's humiliated by a girl who's never wielded a lightsaber. Perfect. Everything you know about the character. He has to prove himself now. You go into this movie. Well, he's a supreme leader. Well, what does that mean? Well, he's in charge. Well, okay, he's in charge. So where where does he go from being in charge? Like, he's already at the top. So where does he go from there? And the only, thing, the only logical thing you can kind of extrapolate is redemption. So it's like, but that's not even being hinted at in any of the marketing. Like you look at like like there was one thing that leaked today that was spoiled for me, and I'm not even gonna say what it is, but it points in that general direction. Of Ben Demption. I'm glad you're yes. not yeah, I don't want to see that, hopefully. And it's if the fact that you're seeing this stuff now and we, we had two months to go, I don't I don't like that. Like I was Start, wondering when I was there looking for folks. spoilers. And now they're just going to start looking for us. Oh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. People on social media aren't cool, folks. Uh, yeah, it's one of those times now that it's like you know what? Start time to start muting people and hashtags because uh, something will get spoiled for you because somebody's just overzealous and wants clicks and retweets, and they don't care how they get them. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like it's it's really fascinating. Like it's hard to figure out what everybody's like end game is character wise it's like think about it like leia can't have any character arc because carrie fisher's no longer with us uh we have force ghost luke that keeps narrating all these trailers that we still haven't seen um like like somebody made a point i think it was scott mendelson at forbes that said he thinks that all the character arcs for the characters again the protagonist were all like wrapped up in the last jedi and so the rise of Skywalker is going to be less about the character arcs of all the main characters, both from the original and the sequel trilogy. And maybe it's more about just tying up plot threads of the series as opposed to the characters, because we haven't even talked about how dark Ray fits into any of this. Where does force ghost Luke fit into any of this? Um, are we going to get Force Ghost Yoda, Force Ghost Obi Wan, Force Ghost Anakin, Force Ghost Ponda Baba's arm, Force Ghost Alderaan, <laughs> Force Ghost uh, Wampa? Where Force are you? Go- Force Ghost Wampa's arm, Force Ghost Newt Gunray. Uh, I- I've lost track at this point. It's it's the notion of like how like there's no even any hint of that. Like I think there's like we like as much as like the leaks and stuff. And that's why I you yes, you can read the leaks and stuff on Reddit, but I do think that there's so much of that is lost just reading it. Because what you're reading is somebody's translation of what they've seen or what they've been told secondhand. 
So I do think there's so much stuff in this movie that we haven't even scratched the surface yet. And I do think this is going to be one of those movies that, and as I, I, I keep thinking about like the marketing, I think I've made this a big point every time I talk about Star Wars, is that's kind of how I look at these movies. I look at them for the most part under a lens of how they're marketed. And I think part of the reason why the man babies got as angry with the last Jedi as they did is that Lucasfilm and Disney didn't communicate how radically different that film was going to be on a thematic and narrative level. And by that lack of uh, uh, marketing, I think it came to bit them. It came to bite them in the ass and to give a kind of a, uh, uh, a uh, history lesson on that recently on Cinemates. Now, I think the episode, it's not out yet, the episode. I think it comes out this upcoming Monday. Rob and I talked about Halloween 3 season of The Witch. And I'm not sure if anybody's ever seen that movie. Great film. Great film. Russ, t- tell us, okay, Ross, tell me what Halloween 3 season of The Witch is about. Uh, see, Halloween season of The Witch is about a evil corporation building Halloween masks, a witch, a pumpkin, and skeleton. Yes. With a special chip that is in there, and on Halloween night, it is activated, and all the kids turn into said witches, skeletons, and whatever the other one, pumpkins, and their rats come out of their face. It's a, it's a very, very strange movie, and has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Okay, thank you, Russ. If Michael Myers isn't in the movie, Russ, then why they call it Halloween 3? Actually, he is in the movie, isn't he? Aren't they watching it on TV? Well... Yes, they're watching it on TV at one point. But why call it Halloween 3 if you're not going to feature the most iconic (laughs) aspect of... At that point, again, there weren't such things as franchises back then in the early 80s. But why? And Rob and I delve into why in the episode. If you if, like Russ said, if you're interested in that movie, go go watch it and afterwards go listen to the Cinematis discussion. But it's the notion that marketing isn't just like alerting people to your product now being available. It does have to convey substance. And that's why I'm I'm really nervous about the Rise of Skywalker marketing. Because it really is being so kind of like close to the like, – like it's really being closed. And I'm, I'm afraid because if they do that same thing again like they did with The Last Jedi, people will go in expecting something very specific. And if they don't get what they want, all they're going to do is bitch and moan, which we've had to put up now for, for two years. And that's what kind of makes me nervous. I, I don't know. I think from what I've read just of, of comments and just seeing casual people uh, who were put off by Last Jedi post and go and all right, I, I could be back in. This looks all right. Let's let yeah, I think it is building up a little confidence. I, I think they're doing a, a better job with this. I, I of course, I enjoy Last Jedi. Uh, I, I get why a lot of people are against it. I think one of the other things was Last Jedi is they really doubled down on how much trust they had in Ryan Johnson, and they really built it up as I felt going in that they were saying, no, we really trust him, and he's he's doing something bold with this. But no one quite knew what it was until you sat in the theater that night. Yeah, I agree. But the problem, though, is that you think like much how we've talked about the lessons of marketing these things with Solo, it's they could have communicated to the audience 
prior to The Last Jedi coming out in December of 2017, what Ryan Johnson was going to do. Show things in the trailers. I'm not saying they have to give away that Snoke dies in the trailers. I'm not saying that. Don't do a Terminator Genesis and you show that John <laughs> Connor is a Terminator. I'm not saying give it away that badly. But you've got to... You got to do stuff to communicate to the audience what's going to be in the movie. You can't just play this thing of like, we're going to keep everything secret. And then we're just going to kind of like do the shotgun approach. Like, okay, you're not going to know anything. And then come December, we're going to sit there, hit you in the face with it all at once. Like they really should show like Palpatine. Like we've all been talking about now for months. What is Palpatine going to look like in this? And we are two months out and we have no idea what he looks like we don't know is he gonna be a guy strapped in the chair with a bunch of like like uh a, like a oh god a apparatus hooked up to him so he can live is he gonna be matt smith uh possessed uh, mm. it's the idea that like they should be giving us more like if like if we know what palpatine looks like in this how is that gonna spoil anything of the movie for us by knowing what he looks like that's not going to ruin it for anybody. If any, if anything, because think about it, like Zenger, like we talked about it what a couple of weeks ago. Like when Zenger and I think of Palpatine, we think of the over the top Palpatine. It's like he cut my little green friend. And based on what we've seen so far of Palpatine, not seen, but what we've heard of Palpatine in this, it's a much more subdued, a much more low key presence compared to what we've seen of him previously. So why not communicate that to the audience? So like, let's say Zenger and I were man babies. If we, <laughs> if we go into this and we're expecting like Seth MacFarlane level Palpatine and we get a very subdued Palpatine, we could very easily go online and can play that JJ uh, Abrams raped our childhood like that's what i mean like it's that sort of thing you have to communicate to the audience and by showing us what palpatine looks like in this is not going to ruin it for anybody like no one's going to say oh man i was completely on board with this movie but then they showed me what he looked like a month and a half in advance and i said you know what i'm out done it's like no it's like you gotta you gotta give us something you gotta give us something so at least we get an idea of what you're going in other than just like oh man really cool money shots like the money shots are great but i need you know what i need i need some some firmness i need i need something to kind of grip and they're not giving me anything firm to grip as great as this trailer is but the problem though is that i was sold on this movie as of october 2012 when they announced that they were making a sequel trilogy i was sold a long long time ago and the problem though is that there aren't you know there are people that are sold in name only um that's the problem is that they are sold in name only because they just think, oh, I can't wait to con – it's kind of like going to um, – uh, oh, God, like oh, – what was it? Uh, I think I read somewhere that they're putting bacon I, – I, McDonald's is doing something. <laughs> in certain test markets, they're putting bacon on Big Macs. So let's just say that you are some random schmuck and you go to that particular location that's testing bacon on the Big Mac. And like if you're that schmuck, you probably love Big Macs and you love bacon. But if you're not expecting bacon on the Big Mac, you don't know what to think of it initially. And that's kind of my problem. Just because you like the things separately, and chances are you'll like them when they're combined, you have to at least be told that you're getting that. 
And I think that's the problem with Lucasfilm and Disney's marketing is that they're not letting us know that we're going to get bacon on our Big Mac. So when it happens, you have a very good chance that you might alienate some of the audience. And based on what I've seen the last couple of days, and Russ is right, some of the not my Star Wars people are kind of coming around to this. But just in the last 24 hours, I've seen two Midnight's Edge videos saying too little too late, the failure of the rise of Skywalker. And another one that just released in the last couple hours. I got a YouTube notification, something like how Disney is effing over George Lucas with the rise of Skywalker. And it's like the movie's not even out yet. And you're already sitting there declaring it dead on arrival. And that's the problem is that you're not, you're not fighting. I know I've said this a couple of times now, I'm going to shut up now, but they're not doing anything to fight the narrative. And this is the exact moment when you start to fight the narrative. This is like that trailer should have been pushing back on a lot of this stuff. And it's not, it gives us out of context money shots that are only going to appease people like us and not the people that are going to sit there bitch and moan end of yeah, end I, of soapbox i will say i was surprised and almost reminded now think about when the uh, the first force awakens teaser come out and you would just watch that you know if you go back and watch it and you see the view number oh it's like at 100 million oh it's at this or, or how many likes it has I looked at the uh, like a few of the official releases of the trailer, and they've got like what, forty-seven thousand thumbs down on them, maybe three hundred something, you know, positive, which is great. It's still a way higher ratio of thumbs up, but they're still out there. Mm-hmm. The man babies they, are out there. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> it's so surprising. I mean, it's it's not. I don't think it's it's gonna go away. Uh, hopefully, this helps, but they're not gonna be quiet for this. No, that's the problem. Is that there are, there is a contingent of the Star Wars fan base. That proves that they're bigger fans by hating everything. That's not again. It's it's the Old Testament thing. It's radicalism in, in, a, in a perverted sense. Is that anything that's not the original scripture, the Old Testament, is heresy. Like I was watching something the other day. It was it was it was a, uh, a national cable news channel, and they were referencing something. And they're like, "It's the sequel to the sequel. It's like the Return of the Jedi." And the Return of, and Return of the Jedi wasn't very good. And it's like there's just people out there. It was it was completely out of context. I don't know why they were referencing Star Wars. It had nothing to do the conversation, the topic had nothing to do about Star Wars in the slightest. But it's just the idea that there are people out there that define their love of Star Wars by how much they hate the vast majority of it. And yes, like in that but the problem though is that like you're not going to win those people over, but when you do have an opportunity like you do now to push back upon those people, they're not doing it. And that's why, again, I, I'd love to talk to somebody at Disney PR, Lucasfilm PR, and be like, why aren't you? Like, they're, clearly, they're aware of it, but they feel that they're not, that, that they don't have to do anything about it. And I get it because the Rise of Skywalker is going to make $200 million opening weekend in the US. It's very easily going to get to a billion and a half worldwide. Um, it's anyone's guess if it can get to 200, or I'm sorry, 2 billion worldwide. But the issue is not the box office. You also have the PR battle. Like the last Jedi won the box office battle, but it lost the PR battle. I, don't I think know. the PR battle for this one is just, you know, they had to put, put it all on JJ and who wrote it with him. It wasn't Arnt. who wrote this Chris one with Terrio. him. Yeah. Terrio. It's kind of on them. They, they have to, it just, they, they just make it good. If you make this good, so many people are going to go see it. 
and the hate if the you know vocal haters go you know all right it, even though they say it was pretty good i think that's enough to get people back in after last jedi i i don't know though because the people who hate star wars now are making money oh, off hate of the that. characters yeah no, that, true. that's the problem too is that like when people complained about the prequels in the 90s and 2000s Unless you had some sort of fan site that you really knew how to get, like, you really found the sweet spot when it came to ads, you weren't making money off off hatred of, of entertainment properties. Like yeah, You the, had to either be a comedian or make a documentary to do that at the time. Yeah, and even then, you weren't making that much money off. It was, If anything, it was a bit more than it was anything meaningful. And the problem now is that you have, like, you look at any of these Star Wars videos, whether it be the Midnight's Edge or the Ethan Van Skyver, or the uh, like, the, the uh, other people of that sort. They're like the average video gets like fifty thousand views. So I think somewhere in the YouTube algorithm, I think you get point zero zero two cents for every view that you get. So if you're if you're doing fifty on average fifty thousand views times point point I'm sorry point zero zero two, that's a hundred bucks off every video. So if you're making a video once a day about how the humiliation of Kathleen Kennedy and you're making a hundred bucks a day, well, I don't, I don't care if the rise of Skywalker is the second coming of Christ. <laughs> These people are, they can't say it's good because there goes their, their, <laughs> their, 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 could return too. It might actually happen. Yes. It could be the second coming of the chosen one. I don't know. Like that's that's kind of my thing, though. Is that like? But the problem too is that you could be preemptively because think about too. There's a reason why people are clicking on these videos. That if you make a movie that people like, those videos won't have an audience. And that's the thing that why isn't Lucasfilm trying to? I don't want to say educate people, but why aren't they providing content to make those videos look a lot less interesting? I don't know. I, I, this is the this is the problem right now. It it's terrible. I hate thinking about that. That you could just your job could just be that I hate this. And yeah, I yeah, can't. Fat, it it I, brings I, everybody I, down, man. Just bringing I, everybody down. I genuinely again. I I don't hate anything in life, and I can't imagine complaining about something continuously. Like after a while, doesn't that just kind of like corrode your soul? Yeah, like I, I think there's stuff I hate, but I don't think I could put that. I don't put that much effort into it. I, I'm, I'm, I'll just, be, just be, just go to something you like. That's why I mean. Let's just say that, like, let's say these people don't even like have an interest in Star Wars. Let's say they're rather indifferent to it as a whole. Like, doesn't like after a while, doesn't just like complaining just like eat away at you internally? Like after a while, don't you just wake up and be like, like, what have I done? It's like it's like all I've done now. Yes, I'm making like three thousand dollars a month. Off of complaining about this thing That takes me like five minutes to do Like once a day But like what do I have to show for it It's like I guess you have some spending cash I guess I guess like so you can go out and buy a nice car every year Or you sit there and go out to dinner every night In a nice restaurant And I guess it, I guess that's the payoff That you know what I, 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 I complain about this thing for really no reason Yeah I have nice shiny things Or I can do something else but still, what kind of way way is that to live? I don't know that, and, and yeah, to be able to live off of it. And I think maybe you know anyone who's worked some bad jobs, sometimes you get. I, I guess. guess from people who push too far, where they're just like, "Look, if I could just sit home and talk smack about Planet of the Apes, I want to make a hate the Apes <laughs> channel." Although I always go, I like Planet of the Apes too. But <laughs> just to think of something that I'm kind of I'm, I like it, I'm kind of indifferent, but it would just be funny to. Uh, 
But no one would care. You wouldn't get the clicks. It's, it's, this is Star Wars. This is so big that this is why they can get yeah. so, yeah, so many I don't know. clicks. Mm. But it's so weird, though. I think, like, yeah, things like Avengers Endgame don't even get a tenth of the hate. It's so weird. Like, yes, Captain Marvel and Brie Larson got it because it was the same lot of people that are complaining about Star Wars. But it's interesting that, like, something like Avengers Endgame gets practically no hate relative to, like, Star Wars. And I think, I, again, I know I'm biased, but, like, I think Avengers Endgame is inherently more stupider than, than anything in The Last Jedi. Like, literally nothing makes sense in that movie. But for some reason, it's like people just ignored it. It's just, I guess it's the idea, just, you know what? You could eat, eat the fluff, eat the fluff, eat the bread. <laughs> mm. And that's what it is. I, I guess it's in a way, it's, it's completely inoffensive that there's no substance to it. It's kind of like just come get your food. Thank you. Exactly. Couldn't say any better myself. <laughs> all right. So going back, unless there's anything else anybody wants to add into this, I think we have really one more important shot to all this. Two. Okay. What's the second one? Well, there's the Kylo Ren and Ray thing. And then there's. The... Oh, yes. 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 I skipped that. Yes. Okay. The Kylo Ren thing. It's. And I, okay. Thank you for pointing that out, Sanger. Because after I've been complaining now for how many weeks, we finally have our first shot of Kylo Ren wearing the helmet in footage. It it's finally great. happened. And this is my favorite little moment because everything there, where are they? What are they doing? Why are they together? And, and what is that in her hand? I love it. I, where, where do you think this is? I I don't know if I heard it somewhere else, but I heard someone mention that it has that Bespin almost uh, aesthetic mm -hmm. to it. But Very clean and sterile. But it also has the oval, clearly Empire walls in it the, as well. And, and the lighting, yeah. Now think about it. What happened to Bespin after... Uh, the events of Empire Strikes Back did it just become an Imperial garrison at that point, and the Empire took it over. Could could actually be an Imperial Bespin. Do you really do you really think we're going back to Bespin in this? Do you really think we're going back to Jakku? <laughs> uh, that's that's anyone's guess. I don't know if I had to choose. Uh, I don't think it was. I just thought it was an, an interesting thought. Just it is it. it could you? It definitely has an imperial aesthetic. So, what do you think it is? A ship, a, a Sith Armada I, imperial I, ship? I think it's something like that. It's some sort of flagship because if you look in that, you have this. It looks like it's some sort of platform, and that's Vader's melted helmet on top of it. Mm. But here's the strange thing: they hit it with lightsabers. Yes, but it breaks apart instead of it just being sliced. It, it shatters. Yeah. That you're right. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Is they're hitting it with lightsabers and it shatters as opposed to being sliced. It's and a think, weird shot. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Well, the thing too, I think is interesting. If you go because Zenger, I know you have it on like what one 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 hundredth speed. If you look, oh no, I'm watching it sped up now to see if that reveals anything. <laughs> <laughs> After this, he's gonna play it backwards. Um, no, if you look at that shot really slowly, and I know everybody's focused to Ray, but if you watch Kylo Ren, after he kind of recoils, the next thing we do is we see him, and he puts his head down, like he bows his head down, and it seems like his left hand, the one that's not holding the lightsaber, is going for the helmet as if he's about to take the helmet off. Yeah, it looks like he's taking the helmet off. So... That's the question then. That why? What is he doing? Like, what are they doing that he needs the helmet on for protection and she does? I think about. It. Look at how like 
compare his costume to hers, Ray is very exposed. Like her, God, her shins are exposed. Maybe it's something arms. to more like, you know, we need to destroy it. We need to move past this. And he's like agreed, and he goes and destroys it and takes off the mask afterwards to be like, you know, I'm done with that. This has a hold on you, Kylo. We can destroy it. I don't know. Well, okay, there's got to be, and I think I've said it now a few times, it was John Justice who gave me the idea, is that there's something up with that helmet. Is that, think about it, why would he need, like, we know the helmet gets reforged. That was in the teaser trailer. We see the little guy with the monkey hands, right, like, with the, what, the soldering iron and the red crazy glue. And you have that. So why does he, why does he need the helmet? And if the helmet's protecting him, and like I was saying before, like, look at their costumes. Kylo Ren out, like, is literally in that sequence where they're destroying the, the helmet with the platform. He is. If that's what it is. Isn't yes, if yes, if that's what it is, he is covered literally from head to toe. He's got the helmet, he's got gloves, his entire body is covered. Yet he's Ray, got a cape. he's got a cape with a hood. This he looks time, very clean too, very clean looking, uh, very um, uh, great looking Kylo right there. Yeah, but you look at her though, and she has like her arms are exposed, her shins are exposed. She has nothing protecting her head. So what is happening with the helmet in this platform that he needs to be a hundred percent concealed from it, and she doesn't? Maybe if, this is like a, I'll show you the dark. I'll show you what I see. Kind of moment with the. I mean, well, if this is, I hadn't even thought about. It. I mean, I guess I kind of assume, but the way it explodes, it makes this like, this a statue. Is this? Uh, uh, it's well. I'm not sure. I'm thinking it's some. I know people have been joking about this, so it's not my idea. But I'm thinking that Vader's helmet is probably some form of Star Wars Horcrux. It does seem to. I mean, I think they. Yeah, I think that was set up pretty well in the Force Awakens. It, just him having that brief conversation was enough to. Uh, and I'm sure there's some other lore in some of the books about his um, his communing with what, what he thinks is Anakin. And think of it this way too: is that we do have the shot of Dark Ray. What if the helmet is the one that show Vader's helmet? That is, ah. is the one that gives her the vision of Dark Ray. And that's why they have to, to destroy it. It has some sort of possession ability. Interesting. And I do think that the helmet, the Kylo Ren helmet, that is, is the one possessing him. I think the Vader helmet is a uh, a, a red herring. Because think about it. The idea of the red helmet coming back, there has to be a reason as to why that came back. It can't just be because it's it's recognizable. There has to be a narrative reason why. Well, you know there's the rumor that like the helmet's reforged with part of Vader's armor in it. Oh, I haven't heard that. I no, haven't heard that. heard that either, yeah. I heard oh god, man. Out of left field for me. Uh yeah. Ow. Um apparently it got reforged with parts of Vader's helmet, allegedly. Oh. Or Vader's armor. And that's Why what not? the and that's what the Wrens were after. That cod piece. But look at that shot though. That shot is very like it's almost like two thousand like at the very end of two thousand one Space Odyssey. When they're like when he's in like what was what in the, the hotel room or the room, you know, with that very like sterile white lighting. Yeah, there's so, there's something so sterile about this that like like Russ was saying, it's it's even more like bright it, than like Bespin is. Like, have we ever seen a shot in Star Wars that's as like pure white as this? And that's I mean, the thing that's. Go ahead. Yeah, I think I think the end of a uh, Revenge of the Sith, the uh, whatever 
Tantv three or yeah. two, whichever it was, that's the only really bright, bright, sterile moments that were anywhere. But like you were saying, Rush, you do have like all sorts of like imperial, oh god, uh, set dressing here. Whether it be like the pill lighting, and that's what's so weird is that this could maybe be somewhere. I don't know, maybe in in the uh, the the Sith. I don't know Sith Armada flagship because it almost seems like like you think of imperial locations and how they look. Everything is that white light with the black like gunmetal color. Yet this is almost like the inverse of that. Instead of having that gunmetal siding, it's bright white. Yeah, it's a weird justification, and uh, I, I was trying to figure out what was going on behind him too. I mean it. Yeah, you mean they, juxtaposition? Juxtaposition. You know what I mean. Okay. Whatever. I, sorry, it was bothering me. No, I'm sorry. I as soon as it came out, I'm like, I'm just gonna keep going. But whatever, <laughs> whatever is that is behind them. I, it's like a there's like a like kind of a round structure. I like I was trying to make any sense of the background at all, well, other than if, knowing it's imperial. If you, looking. if you look on the bottom right hand of the screen, there's a bunch of other debris there. He was oh. destroying stuff left and right in that room. That's I guess. What, that's what I'm thinking. Because if you also look too, is that when they destroy this uh, this whatever this pillar that's or platform, it shatters and like it really shatters. But the Vader helmet, or if that is the Vader helmet, kind of just falls to the ground. It doesn't shatter. Maybe some weird uh, encasing or something. I, I don't know. Well, I, I'm thinking that they try to destroy it with the lightsabers, and the light in the helmet is able to repel the lightsabers. And because we see her with the Sith dagger in that moment, that maybe she has to or use Mortis. the dagger. That's Mortis okay. Bag. Yes, exactly. And do we even know in this? Just real quick, too, because the shot right after the the what we've been talking about, we have uh, a scene with Kylo Ren looking like. I don't want to say he's looking into the camera, but he's kind of like scanning the area. And do he's we looking up slightly? Yes, like he's looking at something, but a little you, bit raised. But if you look at that shot, though, uh, there's something in the background, like in, like behind his right shoulder, like left side of the screen. It looks like some sort of like like medical apparatus. Like very similar to like the ending of Revenge of the Sith, where like Vader's being put together when he's like uh, uh, fricasseed, laying on the thing, and he's screaming. You just, just, you just, you just want me to get to my thing now because it plays into this. Because I think that whole scene of him of Kylo looking up because it's 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 lightning. It's 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 the same area I think that Palpatine is right. in that next scene. Sure. All right. So All right. Here's 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 Crazy Zingers. Um, Lock-in theory of the year. You got you guys ready for this? I'm ready. Yeah, it's Wild Wild West. It's Palpatine oh, the spider. spider. Oh no! Oh no! no. Oh no! Oh, I have no. evidence backing this up. No, I don't. That's the problem. This is kind of like Russ. Didn't you suggest something a couple like months ago? And I'm like, oh no, they actually do that. And it's like, oh no, they probably would. Oh, oh no. about the the Revan mask or something like that. The reveal. Oh God, maybe. Sanger, you Sanger, you might be onto something. Because if you look, it's moving. Oh no, I had that same thought about it moving. Or is it just the 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 way the camera is panning? No, in it's he's there. he's hooked up. I, I noticed that too. He's hooked up to some sort of device. Oh no, and, and think about it too. That it's kind of like something they did with Darth Maul and the giant spider legs too. Well, he's had the spider legs before when he was the little hologram wandering around. That's that true too. on Naboo, sure. 
Yeah, oh, on no. the blue and also in the in the great um Taranovsky series. Oh no, Zanger, you might be on to something that he's actually hooked up to some sort of like weird oh god, like spider legged oh, Okay, no. are are you ready for the full band? What if he's song? more grievousy too? I mean we that's, that's maybe that's well, like, Vader, well, like, like Vader. Think about it. Palpatine's the one that put Vader in the suit. So Palpatine has that technology to keep people alive. Same as Grievous, too, wouldn't you say? I mean, didn't he have a big hand in keeping him yeah. around? Yep. Go ahead, Zanger. So, so what if, I mean, it, it, it seriously looks like there's wiring tubing and stuff going around to him. So, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. But, yes, it does look like he's in some spider-like thing. But what if this is a, the, the, this, this whole movie is just a shot-for-shot shot remake of Wild Wild West? <laughs> I, I would probably. I don't think any, hardly any of us would be able to tell you because I think we, that movie has been perfectly ignored for twenty years. <laughs> exactly. They just got lazy writing, and they just redid the whole thing. Will Smith's going to get real angry in a theater. I mean, it's gunfighting. So there we go. And at one point, I think Adam Driver will be like what in a Calypso dancer's outfit and go around uh, <laughs> trying to seduce Palpatine. So it'll, yep. it'll work out perfectly. A, a bunch of um, a bunch of jokes about someone being half a person and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll be really. I mean, I don't, I don't know who was writing for that, but they really like just, I mean, hammered that point home in that movie. Never mind, there's a lot of racism in that movie too. Which they could have gone for that, but no, they just went okay. for short jokes was, and him being in a wheelchair. It was a long time ago, much like Star Wars. Oh wait. <laughs> oh. Ba 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 ba. I, okay, one other question about Kylo Ren, real quick. Does he still? We haven't gotten a good shot of him. Maybe give it time. That's for episode ten. Um, does Kylo Ren still have the scar? There's been a I can't lot tell. Of being online about that, I've noticed. I can't get a good shot. Like I'm looking in the trailer because it's one it's shot at the really end of him. Faded. Well, it seems like it's healed for the most part. You would think their technology, if they can, uh, they can fix Luke up that quick. I mean, we saw him a day or so after in Last Jedi or week, whatever it was. Too soon to really see the the healing properties they can do. I think. I mean, I mean, think put- about Finn. Think about Finn. Shouldn't he be in some kind of like robotic back brace? I, I was he almost expecting something like that. Like Finn should have uh, some kind of reinforcement or cybernetics going on for him after what happened at the end of Force Awakens. And nobody cares. It's just, oh yeah, let's put him in his bantha tank for a little bit and watch him float and tap the glass. Huh. Do you guys remember back like when the Force, like in the production for like The Last Jedi, that Ryan Johnson moved the scar of Kylo Ren's like wound? Like, oh god, he oh, moved yeah. it. To- remember that was a controversy? And then I heard that J.J. moved it back to where it was in The Force Awakens for this movie. They need to stop. They just they've they've stop. moved this scar three times it's, now. Or twice it's a now. midichlorian healing dance. That's how the scars heal. They have to move around, shake it off a little. They have to put a little bit of like midichlorian stem cells, right, Russ? Man, watch out Pablo Hidalgo. I can canonize any of this crap. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the very last shot. This is kind of interesting is that we have Ray standing there. And we have, uh, which we're guessing, we don't know because it's all shot like in silhouette and from an angle with his back toward the camera. But what we can only assume is Monster Mash. And like Zenger said, he's hooked up to some sort of apparatus. I mean, apparatus with spider legs. Well, we don't know that for to be determined spider legs. It could be being carried. Or it could be a ton of mini Star Destroyers floating with him on. Mini (laughs) Palpies. 
It's, it's, it's a bunch of like mini Star Destroyers that create like what, like a Voltron like robots. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. And, and there's little clouds around them so that you know they're in atmosphere. How <laughs> great if how great if they brought him back to monkey eyes. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh that'd be great. They couldn't replace the, my eyes. Did you see the pictures in the Facebook group, Russ, that Chris posted of like how they did that? Yes. Yeah, I, that I don't know how they did. I've known about the the monkey eyes and uh and just the actress and the voice all being different elements, but I hadn't I had never seen those pictures and those were great, especially the pictures of the of the chimp. He's wearing those little overalls. He looks so creepy. <laughs> like he's people. Imagine imagine like going through all that work to like create that sequence. That's like what thirty seconds in the actual film, and then like thirty what. 20 years later, Lucas comes in. He's like, okay, I'm just going to green screen in uh, Ian McDermott when he's like not shooting scenes for Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Can you imagine, imagine if you're one of the people that like, like do all that work for that one like 30-second sequence in Empire, only for Lucas like 20 years later to be like, nah, I'm just going to sit there Photoshop somebody in instead. So, so, so what you're saying is Lucas walks in, throws out a thing of Chinese food in the trash as he walks into a room and goes, okay, I got an idea. So, so uh, this whole thing doesn't look like he does later, so we're just gonna take a. You know, because I got him, I got him in costume. I'm not shooting anything with him today, but I made sure to make him do all the makeup. I'm gonna have yeah, him I hang out. A little with extra me. bloated for this. For <laughs> <reason>. <laughs> I'm gonna have him hang out with me today. It's gonna be pretty cool. <laughs> all right. So I- <laughs> As long as Yanger amuses himself, that's all that matters. <laughs> I'm just imagining Lucas forcing the actors to hang out with him. And they slowly realize that they're not shooting anything that day. And it's like, oh, man, he got me again. Yeah, he tricked him off the set by asking him to get lunch. And he brought him to the Empire Strikes Back reshoot set. <laughs> it was just a robe closet because he didn't need really much. Just needed him. <laughs> all right, hold this flashlight under your chin. What if he tricked him? What if he's like, yeah, these are lines of Revenge of the Sith. He's like, what? Why am I talking about Luke Skywalker? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry, I'll handle the script. Just go, go. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll fix it all. We'll fix it all in editing. I mean, you can, you can edit anything into a movie these days. You could even turn a turn a gun into a walkie-talkie. How funny would be if for <laughs> how how for years and years like Topher Grace and people have been taking the the prequels and Lucas's movies and making their own edits? What if Lucas does like a great BA move and does his own cut of these movies? How strange! How weird would that be? Or his own special editions and he just releases them online under like uh, Super Shadow or something? Wouldn't that be great? That'd be fun. That'd be so much fun. I'm gonna release them under the code name Jim Lucas. <laughs> Jorge I never know it's me <laughs> Alright last final thing about this trailer Is uh, in the shot where we have uh, Like we said earlier Palpatine's Like back to the camera What's interesting too is that it looks like if you slow down The footage once again Ray is actually backing up during that sequence Yeah because he's, he's rising up With spider legs I mean if you were sitting there and someone started Rising up with spider legs What would you do I'd back up. Exactly. Call your call your Jedi ghost friends. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. There's a lot of lightning going on in that scene too. Yeah. She's gonna get it. She already got it from Snoke in the last one. You think she's gonna have the Luke and she's gonna get hit with the full power? With this I think fully so. operational monster mash. Yeah, I can see that happening. It's gonna be the exact same thing where it's like Kylo Ren sees Ray in pain. She'll be like, 
Adam, please. <laughs> it, it, it's like, and, that, and that's all happened. He'll be like, no, no. As he picks up the giant like spider contraption and like throws it like over the side of the glace, the glace station. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> Just one no. <laughs> There's still swallow in you. I can, I can sense it. <laughs> That was great, Russ. That was good. All right, Russ. We have we have another uh, uh, impersonation to add to your repertoire. All right, but the, as 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 he is, it's going to have to stay elusive, it's, and it's, you never oh, know when yeah. he's going to pop out of the water or run into you on on um, Empire Bespin. You never know. Oh, it's going to be great. That's good. I look I look forward to that one. It's one of the very few like impersonations on this podcast that I genuinely look forward to now. Oh, oh boy. So I guess the last thing. Anything else about the trailer? Or do you just want to talk about the poster a little bit? Yeah, we can talk about the poster. I, I think that's enough for the trailer. All right, I think so that, that was it. What does it just end with? It just ends with the uh, well, the Ray. Luke, the Ray Luke and Ray. Leia lines. Ray well, it's Ray at the lightsaber and it's the lightning again. And we get the the Force will be with you, and Leia says always. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, anything else, Zenger? Any anything else to uh, any other commentary about the trailer? Not at the moment. No. Plenty uh, of um, in-atmosphere Star Destroyers. I am very happy. Clearly, Sanger. We're getting, everyone was concerned about you last night in the Facebook group. Everyone's like, oh my god, did Sanger just pass out? <laughs> For, he, folks, he fainted. He saw that. He's like, He passed out like the, the desk. And it was like, Ellie woke up the next morning. He's like, oh my god, are you okay? He's like, Star so Destroyers. Many. He passed out again. He just banged his <laughs> Yeah, I picture when it dropped, he like it's like that Shaq meme when he like wakes up like with the laser eyes. That's <laughs> popped out of bed and you're seeing it. I'd imagine Ellie has to call up work and be like, "I'm sorry, uh, Justin's got to miss work again." And she's like, "Uh huh, uh huh, yeah." Another star destroyer. She saw again. He saw again. In oh, another SBIA. Oh, yeah. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right, poster. Rush, you like the poster, right? Sure, I like the poster. Um. I mean, it just—it's a—it's a. I felt like the, the Last Jedi was a, a little bit different, but I—I uh, I mean, it's just got the classic look, like almost like the Force Awakens one. It—it it reminds me of the Empire poster of all of them. I think it's got—I think it's really cool. Singer. You got Zori Bliss with the blasters out and everything, and I'm glad that they didn't. I'm glad that a whole controversy about putting the Blob Man over Kelly Marie Tran was never true. That she is on the poster. That Claude is not. And neither is Snap Wexel either. Where's, where's Snap Wexel? Where's Claude in all this? I want to see Claude. Hashtag where's Claude? Exactly. We're gonna start that right now, folks. If you you know what? Where's Claude? He deserves some love. Giant booger monsters deserve love too. <laughs> Beauty comes in all shapes and sizes. And Kelly Marie Tran's love interest should be on the poster with her. <laughs> so why is why are Kylo and Ray on there twice? Because they hired like is, some third-rate like Photoshop student to do this. Is, no. is, is this the same thing as Spider-Man: um, Homecoming, to where we have close. characters? Okay, we're, we're getting close. we're getting dangerously close. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I I have to disagree with Russ. I think this po- like poster is like borderline horrible. Uh, there's, there's 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 nothing like like it's so just bland. I think Zenger hit the nail on the head with like Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, it's just like, and I get it. A lot of Hollywood posters have to be floating heads. We're never going to get Drew Strews and stuff again. That's just not in vogue anymore. Um, no, I can see greatest, that. The greatest poster has already been made and can never be outdone. The poster for Evil Dead Two, the one where it's just the skull with the eye in it. Sure, whatever, whatever, whatever you like, Singer. Um, 
Yeah, this I, I thought this was really. I, I didn't really like the Last Jedi poster from like when it first debuted two years ago, but it's it has grown on me since. I certainly hope it does here, but this poster is kind of like all over the place. Like I said, go. I want people to right now to go pull up the Last Jedi poster and the Rise of Skywalker poster. And Ray is literally in the exact same position for both. Like I, I think she's maybe like flipped vertically. But other than that, she's like in the identical same pose. The Kylo helmet, like in the corners, weird. The the Falcon, the top portion of the Falcon, what's that? Reusing the previous poster imagery of them on the part of the Death Star beam. Again, like think about that. When and when has it ever happened before in a previous Star Wars poster where, where we've is- where we've reused the previous imagery from a previous poster? In the next one, like that's so lazy. Put something else there. Put the Sith troopers. Put the Knights of Ren. Like, why do you feel compelled to use the exact same image you already used in a smaller portion of the poster? Yeah, I really. Yeah, where's I do not po- like this poster. Where's Poe looking? Because he's looking, and if you notice, it, his sight line is not lining up with where the gun's firing. It's kind of like the distracting. This is bothering me a lot right now. He's looking at Adam Driver in the Calypso thing that he has to wear to distract (laughs) Emperor Palpatine. Of course. Get that image out of your head, folks. Adam Driver in the Calypso outfit. That's what what it is, right? Calypso? That's what it is, right? You could Yeah, but even bringing up Calypso, you're getting dangerously close. Never mind. Go on. (laughs) Easily at the bottom had Sith Troopers. Yes, instead or Knights of, of Ren. Instead of just returning to, well, let's show the the same people over again somewhere else on the, the image. Thank you, Zenger. Professional podcast host and art expert, Justin Zenger. I, I will say this. At least Lando's looking where he's firing. There you go. Hey, at least Lando made the poster, so I'm happy about that. Lando made the poster. And hey. uh, Carrie Fisher got top billing in the credits. Oh, according to the poster. Oh, man. Oh, I thought it said Kurt Russell for a second. I was like, what? Oh, man. They're bringing back Han Solo, but they're doing it under Kurt Russell this time. I think they originally had planned. You know who is not on the in here? I do not see Luke anywhere. In the credits? Yeah. I think he's second. He's usually. Oh, God. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Mark Hamill is usually like the first or second person credited. Dang. Okay, my bad. I, I was looking further down. I thought he would be a little bit more humble. No, that's not. You no. underestimate my call sheet. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, actually, like people don't realize this though. But like when it comes to like billing on a poster, um, or like on the marquee, that's actually something to negotiate in contracts. Like that is something. That's not just like they don't do that. Billing isn't done by like order or like uh, prominence in in the film. It's actually based on like negotiation. So like like with the Force Awakens, like what I don't think anybody will argue Harrison that what Ford. I think what? they did it. I think the three legacy characters uh, each got they negotiated to have top billing in each one. You had Harrison Ford, uh, Force Awakens, Mark Hamill got top billing, Last Jedi, and Carrie got the third film. Well, I know Mark Here's... Hamill got second billing on the Force Awakens poster. Well, then you got the other ones to where it's like with Ian McDermott and B- Billy D. Williams. Like, is that part of the contract yeah. where, like, you've got this yes. little hype yes. yeah. thing going with? Yeah, it's yeah. a modifier. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, yeah. yeah. You're not just, yeah, going, you're not just it's not Gilligan's Island and the rest you get to actually be mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Russ. That was, Russ, you're on a roll tonight. Oh, okay. You know what? I think, okay, are we done with the poster? Because I think Russ wants to tell our audience about a very specific piece of, uh, 
Star Wars merchandise that's become synonymous with Knights oh. of Vader. Oh, wait, we're going to do this? Okay. So, we have the... Oh, God, I have to hold this so far off the mic. I have to turn it. We have the Scream Saber, and uh, this is, you know, the one... After we... the beep, say something loud. Remember Alderaan! Remember Alderaan! Okay, see how loud... It's so loud. It's so loud. But Now, we know it from that. But it also has so... Okay. Okay. But it's, it also it's... has different settings. Shut up for a second. Okay. This saber is not just for doing your own voice. Now you can do... You got a Wookiee saber now. See? TIE fighter. Kind of boring. You got R2 saber now. But... Yeah, Yoda. I'm just shaking this thing and you can just set it to everyone. But for, just for Zang here, I gotta get to... Here you go. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm gonna wake up my entire house. But yes, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's late here. But yes, <laughs> the screensaver is even cooler than I thought when we first uh, just saw it in the stores hanging there. Ended up getting it from my son, and my only complaint with it is it is the loudest thing you will ever have in your house, and you cannot adjust the volume. That's just it. It's super loud, but it has at least uh, eight or ten. At least, yeah, that's a good idea. It's got at least eight or ten settings. Under it has Jabba, it has uh, Jawas, it has Ewoks, Porgs, Yoda, uh, and R two and BB eight and stuff. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun, a lot of fun, fun, fun toy. Get it for a kid for Christmas or something. And uh, get it for someone you hate. <laughs> give me someone you hate's kids, and they'll <laughs> just know. They they they'll hate it, folks. I am very disappointed with our audience because I gave them a challenge during the Triple Force Friday episode. I said, if you get the scream saber and if you record yourself doing one of our numerous chants, whether it be "Remember All Drawn," "All These Wookies Are Dead," "Head to the East," "Remember the Hosnian System," any nonsense that Zenger says on a regular basis, <laughs> I, I would I, we would do something nice for you. And I've even posted some things on Instagram, on Facebook of me. Every time I go into like a Target, Walmart, or Best Buy, they have them at Best Buy, by the way. I oh do it every- boy. I do it every single time, and I post it online. I'm disappointed that not a single listener of ours has tried to do it themselves. Uh, you know what? I'm going to defend our listeners and say they all got arrested. Attempting <laughs> to do it. In but your honor. From the Star Wars section. But your honor, the podcast blatantly said. <laughs> Is this another Mr. Weber, I would like to cross exam. I would like to bring my next witness forward. Zach Weber, did you incite this incident at the uh, at Walmart 729? I can neither confirm nor deny my uh, any things I've said on the Knights of Vader podcast. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Is this uh, another um, Justin Zinger made podcast or participated in podcast? Yes. <sighs> Dang it. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, Hansik Ross, we're at the at the hearing uh, or at the uh, court. Oh, God, at the trial, would it be Judge Zinger presiding? Oh God, yes. Guilty as hell. Oh, that's it. Make them away, toys. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't had Judge Zanger in a while. We haven't needed him. Soon, though. I feel it's coming. Oh, it's coming? It's coming. Ah, uh, dear. All right, anything else about the Rise of Skywalker or the trailer or poster? Or are we ready to wrap this up? No, I'm not really for me. I'm just really excited. Can't wait. All right. 
So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Star Wars podcast. Check out our Facebook group. Type in Knights of Vader in the Facebook, and you will find us there waiting for you. Find us on Instagram at KOV Podcast. Shoot us an email, kovpodcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you're currently listening to us on. Thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. Check out the show notes to hear more from them. If you're interested in a Knights of Vader t-shirt, please, I urge you again to visit knightsofvader.podbean.com where you'll be able to look at all of our fantastic designs, and we hope that you will buy a shirt to promote the podcast and help some ease some of our cost and feed Justin Zanger's addiction to bang. For questions, comments, concerns, or snide remarks, contact me, Zach, on Twitter at Cinemodies. And you can also hear me on the Cinemodies podcast where Rob and I talk about The Shining and Room 237 for nearly four hours. Oh, Lord. Oh, I'll have to listen to that one. It's the first in the Modis podcast where we actually recorded a three and a half hour long episode. And I texted Rob that night saying, Rob, there's more stuff we need to discuss. So we had to record a half an hour additional epilogue. Good so God. if you need to do, if you need an additional hour or two just on the bear scene, hit me up. Oh man, that good old bear scene. Good old bear blowjob scene. You can't beat that. <laughs> um, all right. Zenger. When you're not on this podcast talking about Star Destroyers and Atmosphere, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me, as always, on my podcast, Zingness, where we're talking about some nerdy topics every week. And and by the time you're listening to this, uh, this is out on... Uh, this is out... So, Two days from now. Yes. So it will be... Um, if you're into cryptids, that's a good episode. And if you're into cryptids, the next episode's pretty good for both of those. I, I, I do some some of my Halloween interviews and see what creeps out some podcasters. So those ones are fun. And uh, finally, I would like to recommend uh, Embark from June just, I mean, John, uh, John justice. All right. I got a bone to pick with the Zegnus podcast. Oh, on, right now. On, yes. On the Treehouse of horror episode, you said this was recommended by us talking about Treehouse of horror was recommended by someone. It is on this very podcast where I say, Zenger, can I make a request for Zeng Stober? And you're <laughs> like, sure. And I'm like, do a Treehouse of Horror episode. You're like, huh, that's a good idea, actually. And then on the episode, you're like, someone recommended it. I, I knew who you were. I, I am not a someone. I am offended. I am going to write to my congressman. Zero stars unsubscribe to the Zenger uh, podcast. And, let's, hey, and if we're just going to jump on Zenger. Oh, so I got to ask you, Zenger, did you watch the new Treehouse of Horror two days ago? I have not yet. Oh, the right, new one came out? On. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's it was good. based on Stranger Things. Oh. One of them was, yeah. Oh, okay, well, I don't care then. Okay, pass. <laughs> <laughs> and Zach is out. Yeah, I'm out. All right, Mando Russ. When you're not swinging your lightsaber that makes too much noise and you're waking up the uh, better Louisiana coastline, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at my show, The Unbelievers Podcast, uh, comedy, conspiracy, paranormal, not conspiracy. I always want to say that. It, 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 uh, paranormal comedy show. Uh, come on every week. Unbelieverspodcast.com. Check it out. Cool beans. Alrighty, folks. Good night. Oh, and before oh. we go, though, can you just ask me one thing? Russ, what are you doing there? Taking one last look, sir. At my friends. That was touching. I have a single I have a single tear running down my face right now. As we all will. One, as we all will. Alrighty folks. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always. 
Remember Alderaan! Down with the Empire! <laughs>